Listen here, young dog. Let me learn you something. Don't be around me trying to knuckle up. You gotta burn you something. But I ain't just giving paper away. You gotta earn. Here today with Daniel Command, Mr. Dan C. Bearded, and obviously my cousin Money. Introduce yourself. Hey, how's it going, everybody? I am uh, Dan Command. I do YouTube and uh, AJ's former middle school history teacher. The best teacher I've ever had, hands down. <laughs> Appreciate sure. it. Yeah. When I was going to GB, I mean, I did not like anybody but you even the kids man the kids were terrible there i'm not gonna lie hey I don't but coming you. to your six hour class was heaven yeah I we swear. had fun we played games you roasted shamus yep. it was awesome man. oh yeah so what made you um go from like why'd you get out of teaching so i taught the last 12 years and i kind of backing up a bit i didn't know what i wanted to do coming out of college i mm -hmm. went to college and had no concept i just played sports that's all all i knew and my buddy's dad owned an MRI company, um, and he was like, "Hey, if you uh, get a job doing or get a degree doing this, four years, I'll give you a job doing a hundred thousand your first year out." And I was like, "Oh, awesome!" So I went and I failed all six of my first classes, every single one. <laughs> failed, literally failed, because high school kind of came easy to me. I didn't study, didn't really work hard, but I did well, and I was at U of M, and so I was like, "Oh man, this is terrible!" And it was like. I was going to do a job that was taking pictures of bones and muscles and stuff. And I was taking classes on like tree bark and algae. And I'm like, I don't even get how this relates. And I couldn't get into it. So then I started coaching in college and kind of fell in love with coaching. And I was like, oh man, what's, I don't think you can coach for a living right out of college, but like, what's a similar thing teaching? I was like, what do I like? I like history. I was like, okay, I could do that. So I started teaching. And then about five years ago, I randomly started a YouTube channel. Could tell that story in a bit, but I started doing the YouTube channel. And then it slowly started picking up, picking up, picking up. And then the last like two years, it got pretty crazy. And it was like confliction of schedules and opportunities and teaching. You don't get, you get the, the set vacations, but you don't get any other day. So you can't be like, Hey, I've got this crazy opportunity. I want to go pursue it. Mm -hmm. And so there started to be some tension with uh, the admin not supporting me. And also a lot of changes with teaching and COVID. And they were, they kind of changed the way we taught, but then weren't bringing it back. And so I just wasn't exactly happy anymore. So I was like, all right, let, let's take a shot. And essentially my wife, because of the channel, she used to be an accountant and she was able to leave her job a couple of years ago. And so it was a sole income. I mean, we, we didn't have insurance. We didn't have anything. So it was like a big risk. Uh, but I just, I loved what I was doing. I, I saw like how big it could be. And I was like, if I had like seven more hours a day to dedicate to this, like I can't imagine how big it would be. So right. I just made the call last year after a couple of things with admin and uh, decided to call it. And yeah, it was tough because I do. I miss, I, I miss working with the kids. I miss certain aspects of, of teaching. I, I felt that I got to a lot of students that other teachers didn't get to. And it, yeah, it, it, 100%. Yeah, and it bums me out that those kids are kind of left behind. But at the same time, I, I have to pursue my dreams and, and go after it. And a big thing was like showing my kids too, right? You can't tell your kids, hey, do what you love and, and go for your dreams while doing a job I didn't like anymore. So I was like, I got to kind of be about it when I'm telling them. And so made the call and left. It's been about six months now. Congratulations. Man. Thank you. Thank That's you. Awesome. That is awesome. That's awesome. Respect. For, yeah. for real. Massive yeah. respect. So it, it was, it was crazy. 
So um, how long ago did you start the YouTube channel? So YouTube was almost uh, five years ago, like four and a half, just a little bit more than four and a half years ago. Um, And and yeah, for people watching, it's all about beards and like how to take care of them and and stuff. And essentially, I started teaching at 22 and my first year was at high school. So I was 22 years old teaching like 18 year olds. And so I was like, I got to look older, you know, and I was always bigger and and I had a good presence, but I was like, I got to kind of look older for the parents and stuff. So I started growing my beard out. And uh, in high school, my dad didn't let me grow my beard. He was a big, like, old-school guy, and I, I played basketball for Grand Blank, and I was a swimmer, water polo player. And I'll never forget going to freshman year tryouts, and I was pretty good, so I was hoping to make varsity as a freshman. And my, I get in the car, and we'd have tryouts before school. And so my dad goes, uh, what the hell is on your face? And I was like, <laughs> Dad, it's, he was on, like, a business trip for, like, a week. I was like, Dad, it's a beard. I'm, I'm trying to, like, make the team. And he was like, yeah, you got a choice. Either go shave it or don't come home. And I was like, whoa. And I was 14. I was a freshman. Yeah. And so I was like, all right. So I shaved it. And that was kind of, he was like, if you're playing sports and you're living under my house, you're going to be like the Yankees. You're going to be clean shaven, you know? And so then when I got out, I was like, oh man, yeah, like kind of screw him. I'm going to grow a long beard. And so I started getting into it. I have a pretty obsessive personality. And so I started researching like how to take care of it and the ingredients and all this stuff to use on it. And I would watch videos and I would start to get in a following on Reddit, uh, sub forum beards. And then my wife, one day I was watching a video and she was like, I think you should try that. I think you'd be pretty good at, at videos. And I was like, all right, cool. So the next day, just whatever we had around the house, I put it together, filmed an intro and then just started making the videos from there. And essentially I didn't do it because I was like, oh, I think I could get rich off this or I could be famous or anything like that. I was like, I like taking care of my beard. I want to impress my wife and I think I'd be pretty good at it. So I just started. So yeah, it's almost just over four and a half years ago. Were you just like putting them up in the subreddit, your videos? Yeah. So at first, it, so it was YouTube and and then I was I was pretty active on Reddit. And then uh, if anybody knows Reddit forums, the like moderators started getting real crazy and like like deleting my stuff. I would, I would like answer questions for people and I wouldn't even like tag myself or like post videos. And they were like, this guy's getting too much of a following on here. So they like booted me from it. Wow. So it was really no weird. Way. Yeah. And so they That's booted weird. me from it. So then I was like, okay, I just got to do it on my own. And so I just started plugging it. And from like the very beginning, I was crazy consistent. I was like, I'm going to do three videos a week and I'm going to do two live streams a week and never miss. And four and a half years later, I've still never missed once. I've had children born, COVID, injuries, vacation, camping, all this stuff. And I still have never missed one. Consistency. Yep. That's yep. what it's all about. That's what it's all about. That's what we're really it's key. working on. It is. Yeah. The, it it matters tough. with the algorithm. They. Yeah. YouTube's game is they want people watching as long as they can. So if they feel like you're going to plug into that equation and people are going to watch your stuff longer and you do that by having a schedule and by being consistent, they're going to start pushing you and start pumping it more. So I, I knew that from day one. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go and, and never miss. And so like now I usually have like three to six videos scheduled ahead of time. And so if anything does happen, I got a little bit of a wiggle room. Our problem is sometimes they're, People don't show up. Yeah. It really screws us over. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm my own everything for the most part. So yeah, I could see where having guests could be tough to to remain to Is remain it, active. Um Mr. Stewicky? Wamba. Uh, Mr. Wamba. Yeah. 
I always see you post him. What's he doing? So, yeah. So, Mr. Wamba, uh, Steve, was a guy that I taught with uh, for a long time. And like I said, I had I have an obsessive personality. So, if I do something, it kind of like encapsulates my whole life. So, for a while, it was super, a couple of them were super nerdy, but I was super into metal detecting. Like, I yeah. found <laughs> coins that were That's worth, awesome, yeah, like a couple thousand dollars. Like, oh, crazy wow. stuff. Like, hundreds and hundreds of years old gold coins and stuff. But it was super time consuming. And so, then I got out of that once I started having kids. And then uh, me and Mr. Wamba started playing Pokemon Go together. And so we'd go to downtown Flint and we'd walk for like four hours every night. And we'd just walk (laughs) up and down the the strip there and and play Pokemon. But we'd walk like 10 miles. So it was like healthy and it was free. And so I was like, all right, cool. And then the channel started doing well. And I put everything into the channel. And he was like, oh, man, I miss my buddy. And in his mind, he was like, how do I get involved? So he is a guy who at this time never really like, cared about himself he always said he was behind the camera rather than in front of the camera but like took his family's pictures didn't care about his health much didn't really care about his appearance and he had never gone he was 41 at the time he had never gone more than three days without shaving ever in his entire life and he was like all right let me what if i approach dan and he came to me he was like how about i grow a beard for the first time ever for this summer and we do a weekly documentation of it and his idea was Genius. like, I just want to get involved with the channel. And I'm like, hell yeah, that's a great idea. Like right. people growing a beard can follow this and figure it yeah. out. So that started with that. And then it was like a big climax of, is he going to keep the beard? Is he going to shave it? Cause his wife didn't like it. And then by the end he like realized like it changed his like confidence and his personality. And so he kept it. And then we're like, how do we get him involved with the channel? And then one of the biggest things was, uh, and I'm sure we'll get into a lot of this, but was like creating streams of income for him, like to make money doing this while not taking away from my income. And so we're like, how do we make that where like he can go as hard as he wants and make more money? And so now he has his own live stream on the channel on Sunday nights and each episode is sponsored by a company. So he gets paid for that. We started uh, three years ago, we started a uh, private Facebook group together. It's got like 7,000 members and it has a sponsor every uh, two weeks. He gets paid for that. And then he has like uh, a big stream of income for me is affiliates. So you buy something that I recommend, I get a commission on the sales. And he has his version. I do all the beard products and he has all the beard tools. So whether it's like a trimmer or something that's like physical. And so we started like inserting him to all these areas that weren't like in competition of mine and we could go like build it up together and it's like transformed his life now he like works out every day he does like hair ad models for companies and stuff it's it's gotten crazy so it's like changed his whole life too so our next goal awesome. in my family is for him to retire so we're hoping that this is his last year or two that he can do it full-time so he's still teaching he's still teaching yep at uh east yep 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 yeah he he's eighth grade my, science yeah he was my science teacher That's awesome so I have a question for you. Yeah. Me and this guy right here, it's just not really in our our uh, <laughs> our genetics. Yeah. For the facial hair, is there any hope? Yeah, yeah, there definitely is. Um, you can usually tell by like fathers and grandfathers and, and what they have. Um, essentially, beards get better until you are around forty-two years old, and that's when you reach your your maximum. Um, what causes beards is called DHT. It's a male testosterone. It's the same thing that gives us like deep voices and chest hair and stuff, and it's the same thing that makes you go bald. So the the crazy thing is, you'll see like think of like a bodybuilder, right? Imagine a bodybuilder. Almost all bodybuilders are bald. Because they have super like testosterone, manly testosterone, which makes you go bald, but they also can grow killer beards. So as you get older, your beard will get better, your head hair will get worse. But 
if it's like totally not in the cards, it's a tough battle, right? There's certain like ethnicities that just don't grow beards. Well, oftentimes like Asians can't grow much of a beard. They can grow a mustache, but there are ingredients and different things like castor oil and uh, lavender and peppermint. Those things can like stimulate the hair follicles and help them grow more. Okay. Yep. But it'll, it'll get better. Usually just takes time. Yeah. Yeah. It literally takes time. Yep. i can almost guarantee you that I'm never gonna be able no. to. No, no. Nobody in not. the the males no, in the family. My dad no. could never grow a beard. My dad neither. Still okay, no beard. just be super patchy. And <laughs> he tried gross. to. He was telling me um, because I was telling uh, telling him we were having you on yeah. and everything you're doing on YouTube. He was like, I tried growing a beard once and it just didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, so it was super scruffy. And a lot of times, yeah, there'll be patches and stuff, and and oftentimes you can, like, wait it and grow it. Just It doesn't have to be like mine. We can grow a little bit longer, and it'll kind of cover those spots and stuff, but a lot of guys don't make it through that point. You know, they're like – because you get get shit from your friends and your coworkers and your family. Like, what's on your face? You got to forget (laughs) to shave and dirt on your face. So, yeah, a lot of guys just don't get through that, that part. Yeah. Did you go to Grand Blank? I did, yeah, yep. So I grew up on the west side of the state, a little town called Whitehall. And I was in junior high and I uh, was a good athlete, but in a very small, small pond. And so we were kind of looking at like opportunities and, uh, essentially we found, uh, my dad found a job over here and then, uh, grand blank was like the spot. And so it was mainly basketball at first. And so that was kind of like a big deal. But then my, um, sophomore year of high school, uh, went up for a dunk. We're going against Carmen, a uh, kid named Otis Wiley ended up going, uh, playing at uh, Michigan state and stuff, but he undercut me came down, broke my ankle, uh, nasty compound fracture and essentially come play basketball like at that level again. So, but yeah, I went to, went to grand blank. That's terrible. That's the exact same shit that happened to me. Really? My senior year was literally my second game. It was like 30 seconds. No, probably like a minute into the game. Caught it on the wing, jab step, took two dribbles. I was like, I was at like the elbow, like free throw. Yeah. Did a, Shot a pull-up jumper, came down, literally just landed on the side of my ankle, mm-hmm. broke my sh- – well, it was, like, fractured, but yeah. couldn't play again the rest of my whole senior oh, year. Oh, man. It was devastating yeah. after yeah. that. It's terrible, dude. It's like you wait – like, it's like ever since I was, like, a freshman, like, I was on varsity, it was, like, just leading up. Like, imagine how I'm going to be my senior year. Yep. Imagine when I'm going to be my senior year. I'm doing this freshman. Imagine senior senior year just gets taken away it was terrible man yeah yep no i i know the feeling yeah so yeah so i went to gb and then it changed my life like in a positive way like you never know where the journey goes right and i had a uh, a teacher who was out for hip surgery and he had a long-term sub who was a, a huge swimmer swam at oakland should have went to the olympics but went into the military instead and he uh, was like, hey, man, you, you should try swimming. He was like, uh, it's great rehab for, for injuries. He said, even if you're not good at it, it's, it's good for your ankle. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And then I did really well in swimming. And then there was a water polo coach at the school was like, hey, man, I got a sport that's like basketball and swimming combined. You should try it. It's called water polo. And so then that like took off, went, went crazy. And then that's what I went to U of M for is played water polo in college and uh, coached water polo, coached swimming and everything. So What is water polo? It looks so fun. It's crazy. Lie, I've never played it, but it looks yeah, most people only see it every four years on the Olympics. They do the crazy like underwater cameras and stuff. So essentially, you have a it's a all deep pool, right? Twelve feet. You never touch the sides, never touch the bottom. Six on six with a goalie, kind of set up like soccer. 
and uh, the goalie can use two hands. Everybody else can only use one. And you pass it around, uh, kind of lacrosse, hockey style. You have penalties where you go out and the other team has like a power play essentially and you, you try to score. But um, extremely physical, lots of punches, lots of kicks, grabs underwater. Like it's, it's a wild game, wild game. I didn't know that it was all deep. Oh yeah. God, that's tough. Yeah. It? So you yeah, do. Uh, really you, hard. Yeah. You <laughs> yeah. tread the entire time and then it's it's quick burst. Yeah. Quick yeah. bursts of, of swim this way. Then there's a turnover. You got to swim back the other way. Then you're just now you got to go the whole distance of the pool, which is 25 yards. You know, it's a far swim. And yeah, there's no break. Even when there's like a, a penalty or something, you, you're just treading. So you never get to break between you get like timeouts and quarter breaks. Go to your team. But that's it. It's oh a super gosh. super physical sport. I would like to watch that. I would, never, I've never, I've heard of water, like I've heard the word water polo, yeah. but I've never seen it, so I never knew what it yeah, was. Yeah, Michigan's like in the middle when it comes to terms of like states and how they do. Like California, there's a lot of schools that replace Friday football with water polo, and football plays on Thursdays because it's just such a big sport out there. And in really? Texas and Florida and um, Michigan, like we're the only school in the area that has it. So we would play Birmingham, Troy, Lansing, uh, Ann Arbor, Grand Rapids. We would travel all around. Uh, there was nobody like Clarkson and Fenton used to, but they got rid of their team. So yeah, it's not big around here, but other areas it's huge. Like Grand Rapids, every school in Grand Rapids has a really good team. And it's during like football season. Yeah, they switch. They've switched it a couple times with like COVID and stuff, but it's fall. So that was always our biggest competitor for like recruiting was football. And like when I was coaching, it drive me crazy because like Grand Blank football would have ninety kids come out. And 11 at a time could play, you know, and like in most of them w- would never see the field, like never in a million years would see the field. And so I'm like, come over here, man. Like you, you could be a starter. You could be, you'd be a star, but they, they just have this aura of football, you know, and yeah. they just want to wear the Jersey and not even care about playing. So, but yeah, so football was our biggest, our biggest recruiting battle. Awesome. What was it like teaching during the COVID era? Oh, different man. Different. I, it was it was frustrating at times. We So for me, I had kind of an advantage because I was already streaming for several years. So I had a full studio setup, you know, yeah. and so I could run my classes online. I'd have no problem with it. It was when we started to phase back in that it was pretty challenging. We would have essentially half the class in front of us and then half the class on the computer. And I would have to teach both. So you would have a, a computer with a webcam and a mic and then you'd have kids in front of you and like trying to manage all those things and and as aj knows i'm a super active teacher i tell stories i tell jokes i make fun of kids like in a fun like make a game yeah literally yeah like we i have basketball hoops all over the wall the classroom and stuff like it, it was it was a very interactive class and so when i would have half the class online half in front of me i'm like i can't do the game and then have these kids sit there so that part was really challenging to try and do kind of two jobs at once but then also you started to have kids and i don't blame them they're kids but they would develop like habits of their parents are gone for the day you know so they would they would try to play the system and log on and but have their camera off or be asleep or whatever the deal would be you know so it was tough because i i run a really like tight tight classroom like i was i was fun i was engaging but i was also super strict like nobody messed around in my room nobody goofed off and um, so when you'd have like the computer and they would turn it off and i knew what they were doing it it was yeah it it was it was tough and like with teaching we had a lot of things that would change too so for example subs stopped coming to school like we just couldn't get subs so if teachers were out that day let's say we'd have five teachers out 
we would have to cover other teachers' classrooms on our planning period. And I, I did a lot of work. I, I planned games. I did all this fun stuff. I needed my planning, and I hated covering other teachers' classrooms because they were usually awful in their classroom. So my classroom, you'd walk in. Kids knew, like, all right, let's be cool. It's Mr. Command. You know, let's, let's be respectful. Yeah. Then I'd go into the Spanish room with Mrs. So-and-so, and the kids would just be wild. They'd just be off the wall, and I'd have to come in there and, like, go Joe Thunder on them, and I hated that, you know, because they didn't know who yeah. I was, really. So, yeah, it was during when it was full online i was okay with it it was nice it was, it was cool to be home um but then once it was phasing back in that was when it was real chance we had to like walk them down to lunch for a while to make sure they weren't like too close to each other and everything so that was kind of the start of the end for it for me with teaching it was coven yep 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 a lot changed i always thought about that like being so tough like the line between like you want to be the teacher that people like mm-hmm but you also don't want to be disrespected. Right. And that's just got to be tough. For sure. And I, I do see a lot. You have you have some teachers that the kids will say they like. And I'm like, why do you like it? And then their answer would be, he doesn't make us do any work. Exactly. And stuff. Yes. And it's like, I don't ever want to be that teacher. I was always going to yeah. be challenging. I was always going to make sure. So for me, I was, like I said, I was the kid that didn't try really hard in high school. And so I kind of understood that. A lot of times teachers are the all A kids. The kids that work their butts off, that studied like really, really intensely. And so they don't kind of understand that kid that, that just wants, you know, to be engaged and to have fun. And so I kind of had that lens. And so, but I was also a coach, you know, so I was like, I had to get the most out of my, my athletes and, and really push them. And that, that allowed me to kind of walk that line of having the respect of kids, but never crossing the line, never being too easy. And I don't think anybody would ever say that was like a walk, a pushover or anything like that, you know? So yeah, it, it definitely is. And I kind of learned from seeing other people of what not to do. Like, okay, I don't want to be that guy because he's doing backflips off the wall and all the kids know him for that. I don't want to be that teacher because whatever it may be. So yeah, there's definitely a line there, but you also don't want to be a dick. You know, you don't want, there's some teachers that try to go hard, but then the kids end up hating them. And then once you start to hate them, it's tough to come back from that. You know, if, if, if they feel disrespected, man, you never get that. So like for me, a big thing that I would do with all the classes is I had a huge sign right when they walked in the door, it said, remember where you are. And I was like, I don't, I don't care what happened in your math class. I don't care that you got suspended. I don't care any of that stuff. I don't care that you cussed out your, your language arts teacher. I probably didn't like her either. And so like, (laughs) like remember, remember where you are. And so that was a big thing for me. Cause I think a lot of kids, yeah, they'll feel disrespect and they'll hate that teacher. And then they'll almost like carry that throughout the day. And it like becomes a thing, you know, like, oh, I gotta be this kid. I gotta be hard. I gotta be tough. And it was like, Hey man, just remember where you are. Like we're in this cool place here. So yeah, it was a, it was a good line. And it was never the kid. It was never, I never had a hard time with teaching with the kids. It was just the structures and the changes and silly things like we would have staff meetings we'd have set staff meetings and we'd have no agenda and they're like you gotta stay here till 4 15 i'm like okay what's what are we working on what's it about oh it's just contract i'm like <laughs> like the biggest waste of time and while me at the same time i'm building this youtube channel right. and i have three kids at home and so my time is my most valuable commodity like by far right. and so i'm like this is so insulting. This is so disrespectful. Like if you have something for me to do, I will gladly do it. But if you don't let me go do my thing, you know? And so that was, yeah, the COVID and, and all that, that was more the problem. It was never the kids, never like the disrespect. None of that. That stuff was great. I was and just like AJ, I have tons of kids that I still stay in touch with that are doing amazing things. And it's cool. I saw you guys had Dylan on. Um, yep. so yeah, I, I, I love, love, love all the relationships with the kids. It was just all the other garbage. Yeah. 
the I see, I see Dylan all the time at Harper's. Harper's. Yeah, he's always in there. I bet. Dylan's a good kid. I just yeah. was talking to Andy last night. Oh, yeah. Hartman? Yeah. So Andy's, I love Andy. He's one of my, like, closest. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Andy's cool. Yep. Andy's cool. Yep. We're, uh, did you tell him that I was going to be on? Uh, no, I did not. Oh, okay. I You'll have to mention. Yeah, me and Andy are super close. Yeah, I'll see him again. He's in there all the time. Cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm proud of him. Proud of all those guys, man. Yeah. He's Andy. playing on MSU. That's yeah. awesome. He could have gone to a smaller school and got a partial scholarship like a lot of kids, but, you know, it was his dream to go to state, walks on, and I have full confidence he'll, he'll get a scholarship, you know, and earn that. So, yeah, it's yeah. cool. Really cool to see him. Um, was Andy your grade? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that – your guy's grade literally was my favorite class I've ever had. And, and this is an important topic. I've – your guys' grade was special. Last year was probably my least favorite class I've ever had. And the grades as a whole are always shaped by the athletic popular boys. They always determine what the other kids are going to be like. And your grade with kids at the top like Andy and Seth and Cisco and and Caden and all these guys – were like super athletic kids, you know, but they also were like the nicest kids in the world, right? Like we would have assignments and I would have uh, like, hey guys, you can be with a partner if you want or you can be by yourself. We'd have like a student with special needs and then people like Andy would literally go and like all their friends are in class and they'd be like, hey, let me go, let me, do you want to pair with me? And like, just to be cool, we'll go with the special needs kid, but like out of a good heart, not out of like attention or anything. Yeah. Your guys class was fantastic, like fantastic. But then like last year, the best athletes weren't even that good of athletes were like complete jerks, (laughs) like absolute jerks. And it like trickles down. So the other kids are like, Oh, that's what you do to get attention. That's what you do to be cool. You just be mean. you be racist. you be rude. You do all these things. And, and that sucks. But then when they see those other kids, like even like Andy, he's a towering human, right? He even was yeah, back in, in, in early. And he's I, the biggest kid in the grade. I think. Yeah. And a lot of the kids that you guys had, I had in seventh and eighth grade. So like I had Andy seventh and eighth grade, had Seth, had Kate, all those kids for multiple years. And so they, they see these kids and they're like, oh man, that's a big kid. That's a popular kid. I should be like him. And like they're kind and they get along with everybody. So that was, yeah, that was a cool year. That was a really good class. And, and I still stay in touch with most of them. That's awesome. I mm-hmm. feel like the younger generation, like under like kids younger than us, I feel like it's just getting worse. Yeah. Especially with social media. Yeah. That's- yeah. They, and it, it's a tough thing. Cause especially middle school, even high school, of course, but you're still, you're trying to figure out who you are, you know? Yeah. And so they just, yeah, they try to emulate middle social media rough. and stuff. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I liked that. You know, I liked, I liked kind of leading cause I would teach history, but I would start every day with like a quote or a question yeah. and it always led to like a, a life story, you know, like a life lesson type thing. Cause I had been there and can relate CNN to a lot of kids. Yeah, yeah. Yep. 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 And so we would, we'd talk about world events. We'd talk about all this stuff and it was never political. It was never controversial. It was just like, talk you know just like raw and so yeah it is it is tough when you're you're trying to battle like for example i had a kid this last year football team kid and and he was quiet and cool for me but then i would see him like do these things in the halls and 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 he just quite wasn't doing his work and his eligibility problems called the parents and i'm like hey i just want to reach out and and teachers we don't have to do that you know going out of my way and i'm like hey want to talk about so and so he's he's saying the stuff in the halls he's goofing off he's not doing his work he's gonna miss football and i I really feel he's got a lot of potential what can we do and the the mom said to me two things literally goes yeah we know uh good luck I was like, all right. That's terrible. I'm like, cool. Got it. Understood. And so that was like the approach. And so, 
yeah, it's the last few were tough because of that that lack of leadership, and also, uh, and we can't discount COVID too. Uh, these kids were in late elementary, early middle school when COVID came, and they're shut down for two to three years. They had a straight up stunt in growth of like maturity and social abilities and even academic. So that was a big deal. Like you could really feel, I'll never forget when we started to come back, they had the sign seats at lunch and all this stuff. And then they started to phase them into like recess. And I teach or I taught seventh grade and I'm looking out my rooms right by like where the, the recess area is at. And I'm looking out there and these seventh graders were out playing tag. I was like, What? Like normally you guys are playing basketball. Normally you're standing in groups and guy and girl are walking around, maybe holding hands, stuff like that. That that's insane. I, yeah. Playing tag is like, we stopped doing that in like no, second played, grade, third no. grade. No, like here, <laughs> we were, we here we're playing play. tag in freshman <laughs> that's year. Different but that though, was with all school, of our friends. Yeah. At school, Not I'm at playing school, basketball though. at recess yeah, or something. I'm playing a game. Right ridiculous grand blank was the only school where we had recess and because i I went to kersley before okay and they they said that they used to have recess but after beecher shut down there was just way too many fights so they took recess away and but when i remember i remember when i moved to gb and going into lunch and us going outside and playing outside and we had recess i was like what yeah it's crazy but it was fun playing basketball nobody ever played tag though yeah no and yeah our school was kind of unique uh, at east because yeah. there weren't a lot of fights like there wasn't really a ton of conflict i mean like the high school there's fights all the time too many stuff. kids yeah and so east we we rarely had fights like ever and if it was it was usually for show like two guys puffing their chest out wanting the teacher to break it up you know yeah. i would be like i don't know i don't see anything <laughs> <laughs> i don't see anything <laughs> show me the only fight i think i saw um was uh my best friend he's like my brother my friend jihad and griffin kemper oh yeah yeah in yeah. the bathroom i yep. was literally in there like uh trying to ref it and shit because they were just talking mad mad stuff at uh lunch but yeah, that was the only real fight that i've ever seen okay. at the yeah school. tell tell jihad i said hello I'd, i will yeah i had jihad and i had his uh his like half brother um last peanut? year what's that oh um yeah i knew pino too where can go? They moved to Florida, I think. They did. Yeah, I'm blanking right now. But oh, I had I him. I love him. What's his, what's his name? Yeah, it'll come to me. Their youngest brother's wild, though. He's going to yeah. be really big. They're, his dad is huge. What's uh, what's Jihad's youngest brother? Kobe. Kobe. Yeah. So Kobe. I, yep, yep. Did you had Jacoby? Yeah, I had Jacoby, yep. Jacoby. Yeah, he liked me, too. He, yeah, he needed some guidance. He's some a good guy kid. To, he is, He's yeah. got a good heart. He just... Yep doesn't always think but yeah he's got a good good heart they're all crazy yeah and jihad was cool for me too you can ask him he he never never once got in, in any trouble with me never had any problems we were always cool um i yeah as long as kids were respectful for me i was i was all right like a big thing i think teachers mess up on like if a kid is man kids have real stuff going on in their life even seventh graders you know like yeah. there's kids that like we think grand blank and like, Oh yeah, they're going to have dinner with their family or have this. It's like, not every kid has a situation like that, you know, yeah, even 100. in, even at East middle school. So I always knew that. So if I had a kid that I thought may have had a rough situation, if he wasn't sitting down doing the notes or doing the work that that day, a lot of teachers would go up and like pick at him and prod him like, do your work and stuff. And I'm like, oh, maybe he didn't sleep last night. You know, maybe his parents got in a fight. Maybe I don't know. His dog died or something. So I was like, I just kind of let him be. But 
if they cross the line and they were disruptive and disrespectful, that's when, that's when I had to handle it. But like someone like Jihad too, like we always had a mutual respect and, and he was cool with me, never caused any problems and always respectful. And then even Jacoby, I was like, Hey, uh, tell your, uh, tell your brother I said hello. And he like lit up. He's like, what? You know him? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And so he'd tell me, and then he'd tell me all the stories too. Like, did you hear about at the high school? And I'm like, yeah, I did. I did. I did, man. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I miss though. I miss I miss being that guy for those teams. Like, so the team I left, I was kind of the not the disciplinarian, but they like the heavy on the team. You know, they kind of hold everything together. And they there's a lot of teams that just don't have that now. And I feel bad for those kids. The kids that get A's doesn't matter who your teacher is. They're going to get A's no matter what. Yeah. If they're, they're going to study on their own, they got parents to help them at home. They're going to be fine. Uh, but the kids that don't, they need a teacher. You know, they need somebody that's going to get them going. And, and I liked being that teacher. I had student taught at Carmen for a year. So I had a lot like that too. So yeah, that, that aspect I miss kids, kids like that. But yeah, tell, tell Jacob, tell them I said, hello, Jihad. I will. Though they, they watch these. Oh, cool. All them, Good. All the way through. What is like your attitude to like your kids about like school? Like, what do you tell them? That's a great question. And, uh, this has, has shifted with my, my new life, my new outlet. So essentially, so I have three kids, seven, five, and two, the two oldest are boys. And then my daughter's two. And with first with leaving this, this job, I, they knew that I would leave for teaching. You know, they would see my car cause we'd lived right behind East and it was easy to explain what I was doing. And I went to school. Like, this is the crazy thing too. I didn't just leave. So to be teaching, you had to have a math or you had to have a bachelor's degree. So I got a bachelor's degree. Then you have to get a certificate in teaching. I got that. I then got a master's degree in administration, wanted to be a principal, then figured out that it's a horrible job, that you just deal with the worst of the worst, and there's no joy in it whatsoever. And Everyone hates you. Yeah, everyone hates you, and they hate their job, and it's awful. It's tons of politics involved, so I was like, all right, I'm not doing that. I just kind of ate the, the master's. Then I went back and got a second master's degree in curriculum development, kind of like what do they teach? How do they teach it? Like I could teach other teachers, my review games, you know, I could teach them how to connect with students. I'm like, Hey, it's a bigger influence. That would be cool. But that was about the time the channel started taking off. So like when I left teaching, I was leaving a lot and my kids knew that, that I worked hard, that I love teaching and all this stuff. And I'm like, man, how do I leave and tell a seven and five year old that I'm going to work when I go downstairs? You know, like how can they have any concept of what this is? And so what we did, and this was their idea, I was super happy they said it, is we started a YouTube channel for them. So their channel's called The Command Bros. And they opened Pokemon cards and they like they, they bought like sour Genius. candy from the dollar store and they tried all the different sour candies and stuff and uh, tons of stuff, you know, just yeah, whatever whatever the heck they want to do. But I was like, the rule is you guys are gonna do every single step of this with me. So they plan the videos, we script it out, we write it down, they we film it together they do all of it they're the they're on camera i'm not on camera with them whatsoever i'm, I'm filming it and then we go on the computer on youtube you get 500 characters to tag your video extremely important and i say hey guys like think through the eyes of kids your age that are looking for these videos what are they going to type on their chromebooks to try and find a video about pokemon cards and i said i want every version so they'll be like opening pokemon cards pokemon card battle and they'll like say all these things so i type it in and then they make the description. I'm like, what do you want your title of your video to be? They do the video and then we make the thumbnail together. And so we post it and they get to see the entire process of a YouTube video. And so now when they watch like unspeakable or dude, perfect or these YouTube channels, most kids just watch and like, Oh, that's so silly and fun. They're like, Oh my gosh, did you see that edit? 
oh my gosh, I wonder what their <laughs> tags are on this video, dad. And so they like speak YouTube, like that's... literally speak YouTube as a five and seven year old. And so that's like my real education for them, like true, my true education for them. And as far as school goes, it's not super valuable for me. Like it really isn't. We travel right. a lot. We go all around the country, all around the world. Yeah. And I would rather teach them that way than the school way. And so this are they is, homeschooled? No, nope, they're, they're no. still in school. I still, there's still value in school, uh, the social skills, yeah. even working with yeah. teachers that you dislike. Uh, you're going to have coworkers, bosses, people that you interact you gotta with. You got to learn to work with For them, sure, for sure. It. But, for example, Thanksgiving week, right, there's two and a half days. We took the other two and a half days off, and we went to Florida for Florida and Georgia for 10 days. And I wouldn't have been able to do that as a teacher. And then as a parent, them missing those days, I don't really care. Like, that doesn't affect me whatsoever because I knew they were going to learn those things. And we went to the Georgia Aquarium and saw whale sharks and learned about beluga whales and stuff, like real education. And it's... Yeah, it is definitely a tough thing. Like if you were to ask me, do you want your kids to go to college? Uh, my answer right now is no, I, I don't. I have uh, six figures of student loan debt that I'm paying off myself now with no set salary. That's the thing with like YouTube and stuff is I don't have a baseline, right? There's this like crazy American trap, right? When I left teaching, you wouldn't believe how many people and how close of people said the same thing to me every time. Oh my, what about your insurance? Oh my gosh, what about your retirement and your benefits? What do you what about your salary? You're leaving all those things. And it's like this like safety net like trap that everyone has in their mind. And it's like do you realize if you if you leave that job and you have 7 more hours a day to dedicate, paying off that insurance isn't that much. That idea of retirement isn't guaranteed. Like that's not a real thing for a lot of people. I have a friend who retired from GM, his retirement's been changed 8 times in the last 10 years. So like all these things are like, oh my gosh, and I'm paying off my student loans. That's my biggest debt in my entire life. And I will not technically use my degrees ever again. I'll never go back into teaching. So for me, it's like with college, I, I don't put a lot of value in that. I don't, I'm not going to put any pressure towards that. I would rather see them be entrepreneurs, start a podcast, start a YouTube channel, start a business, whatever, whatever they need to do. I think that's where everything's going, right? For example, Mr. Beast just got offered $10 billion to buy his YouTube platforms. He turned it down and he said, uh, he originally got offered 1 billion. He turned it down and said, I'll start the conversation at 10 billion. Well, somebody did the math, like judging by his views compared to Super Bowl ads, compared to Netflix, like his uh, Squid Games episode got more views than the history of Netflix subscribers. No way. It's over 350 million views on a remake of a, on a YouTube video. That's more than the history of Netflix subscribers. That's more than U.S. citizens. <laughs> and it's in English. And he has channels in every language. And so he was offered, somebody said, okay, $10 billion. He said, ah, we can start the conversation, but I'm not there yet. He's 24. Right. This, He's 24. He just PewDiePie. So <laughs> and so it's, it's, for me, there's just so many opportunities and lanes that I can see them going down. And I see the future of the economy going down that it's like, I do see value in school. I do see value in, in, in socializing and in sports and, and all these things. But I'm not the teacher that's like, dude, you missed you missed pieces on your spelling test. Go to your room. I'm like, dude, get it. You'll get it next day. You'll be all right. You know, like, yeah. so it's, 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 it's interesting that you asked that because it's been a huge like shift in my mindset and I think it helps. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know where the pressure of academics helps you in life. 
right? Where in my life do I have a test? Where in most adult lives do they have tests? They're not usually there. And, and that was kind of my approach with teaching too, is I did more projects than anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did tons and That's tons of I projects. Loved. Yeah. And I because most people do pro- this is a project, yeah. right? You had to learn how to use your audio interface. You had to learn how to sync the audio and the video. You had to learn how to frame a shot. You had to learn how to do all these things. You didn't take a test on it. You didn't study right. for it. You probably watched a YouTube video on that. You probably read a, a blog post when you were like, I can't figure out how to sync this. this. Like that's real life stuff, you know? So there it's, yeah, it's something that's constantly something I'm thinking about is the value of education with them and, and where it's really at. So, yeah. You talk about, um, like the, this, I, the mindset that everyone's like caught up in, mm-hmm. uh, like, Oh my God, you're leaving your job insurance. And all yep. this like, like, I will sit here and talk to my friends repeatedly over and over and over and over and over again. And it's like the indoctrination mm-hmm. is just like in like they can't understand. It's crazy. They can't. Man. They literally can't. No matter how many times you tell them, they don't understand that like, look like, where are you going? Where yeah. are you going? You're going to college. Yeah. College is great for like socialize. I think college is literally socializing that's basically it after going after living in lansing all these people at harper's i'm like jesus christ this is like this is why they went yep it's to come to harper's not to go to class to party and meet new people right and like that's cool like if you have the opportunity to do that your parents are paying for your college that's sick you got it paid for on scholarship go there and like delay your actual learning period for four years and have right. a good time. It's like a little va- four-year vacation. Right. Like another four years of high school. Right. right. And you figure out how to get through hoops, right? right. They, most of them find ways to cheat. Most of them find ways to, to pop Adderall, to study yeah. the night before. You know, like yeah. it's, yeah, it is definitely not exactly what you think it is in 100%. This, this girl that I'm messing with, right? And she's about to graduate in four months with an engineering degree in uh, supply chain management. Yep. So I'm like, oh, she tells me this. I'm like, oh, awesome. I'm like so excited to have a conversation with her about like blockchain integration. Yeah. Supply chain. I'm like, oh, so what do you learn about that? She's like, what is blockchain? Mm-hmm. I'm like, you are about to go graduate, go into the real world and you're not learning like the f- the new, like that's like the platform I moved can't on. even yeah. believe no, like that I it, can't I, I was like so pissed actually it's backwards yeah so it for, pissed me off like teaching you go four years for your content area so mine was social studies and then you have a year of like education classes it's so crazy all of those four years of my history classes I taught exactly zero of the that content Really? Ever. Ever. My the history classes I took in college, I didn't teach. So I spent four years learning about history that I never taught. And then I had one year of education classes that was just getting through hoops. And essentially I would teach and then we'd have to go to like these trainings and they're like, Oh, here is this uh and they put a fancy name on it. I'm like, Yeah, I've always done that. It's common sense, right? That's that's just natural to me. And so I learned nothing about teaching when I was in school, it was all through coaching. It was all my natural ability. It was all through like what I wanted to figure out. And 
literally nothing that I use from college. And almost every degree is like that. And there are exceptions. I have two like silly, brilliant sisters. My middle sister went to an Ivy League law school. Well, to be a lawyer, you do have to learn those things, right? There's a few degrees where you have to. Yeah, my other sister uh, went to U of M med school and is at Northwestern Hospital in Chicago. So, like, there's a couple where you you have to do those. But most of it, like, a business degree? Come on now. Come come on now. Start a business. Yeah, literally start a business. Learn. That's your learning period. And And it's going to cost you a whole lot less than a U of M degree. And so, like, a a U of M degree, four years on average, about 100,000, about 25 a year with room and board and books and, and everything imagine getting a hundred thousand dollar loan to start your business right it's not on an equal like it's literally um what's the word i'm looking for it's like uh like tar- like student loans are like targeting like it's oh, like yeah. not even like so if you if you could get a hundred dollar loan a hundred thousand dollar loan at 18 yeah to start a business that would be so different than right. than than a fucking student loan debt. And that's like un- it's not, and, and it's unforgivable. Of. Correct. It's a, the yeah. only unforgivable debt. Correct. Like it's so it not be, fair. Yeah. Uh, it's it's no uh, matter what. There's no bankruptcy for it, and it it's uh, predatory. Predatory is, what it is. is the yeah, word yeah, I was I mean, looking it, for. Predatory. And if you're 18, you go for a, for a loan for a business. Your chances of getting that are zero, minuscule. Zero. Like you have no chance. But to go and get a degree like I did, and I had no idea what I wanted to go to college for, and they're like, "Oh yeah, hundred thousand, no problem. Sign on the dot." It's like I'm like, no, Sign I really, right yeah. Here. I'm like, I, I've never studied in my life. I don't know what I want to go, and I'm going to go to one of the most prestigious universities in the in the country. Gotcha, cool. Yep, right here. This is with you forever. Like that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy, crazy. And there's so much like that. So for example, um, another business loan. If you if you become an adult, you have a, an income that you can show, and you want to get a business loan. If you go and do a business that's already been established, like if you say, hey, I want to open up a sub shop or, hey, I want to open up a vape shop, right? They're going to say, okay, cool. That's proven. A lot of people have done this. We'll give you the loan. But if you have some kind of outside of the box idea that you're like, this is going to be the future, they'll say to you, well, well, uh, what's stopping anybody else from doing this? It's like, well, nothing. I, I, think I, have, I think I have the ability to bring this to you. And it's like, well, if it would have been done already, if it, if it could be successful. And their idea is... You can only do it if if people have done it already. And so if you're trying to step out and be innovative, it's like, no way. Hey, we're not we're not taking those chances. And that's the whole concept of college. Like it's not innovative. It's nothing new there. It's all the same stuff. And so yeah, it really is predatory. And I don't and same for me. I didn't get a penny from my parents. I, not one bit. Um it was all on me. And as eighteen, you you don't People will will say when you and not we never get political or anything, but when you say like the student loan forgiveness, everyone's like, oh, I pay most eighteen. You don't know what you're doing, man. You no when idea. you sign up, all all I knew was that's what you did. You went to high school, then you went to college, and that was it. Yep. Well, how do you go to college? Oh, you get student loans. Okay, I had no concept of what that meant. That I'm now 34 years old and I'm paying hundred over a hundred thousand dollars for my student loans that I'm not using. That's crazy. My wife, it's absurd. Four year degree from U of M does not use her job she right. does not she's not an accountant of any kind so it, it's it's wild man and, and the the whole concept of play it safe get a job have insurance like no man like you have no you have no ceiling above where that's at and it's a crazy thing too like in teaching there's zero incentive to be good at your job no matter how good you are right you when you had me age i was one of the the top or the one of the bottom three paid teachers in that building 
Really? Yeah, because you get paid by your years. My first five years at Grand Blank was a pay freeze. I got frozen. You ready for this? Bachelor's degree, two master degrees. My my income for a year for five years in a row was $37,000. Really? And I was married and had kids. $37,000 with a U of M degree. And I was dang good at my job. Like really good Phenomenal. at my job. Like really, really good at my job. And there was no incentive. Last year, this is crazy. I don't know if you saw this. Um, I got named uh, top 100 teacher in North America. Like really? literally. So I got a cruise, got to go on a cruise. Uh, there was a private Kelly Clarkson concert. Uh, each teacher got to bring a guest. So I brought my dad, which was pretty cool. And so we, there was just 200 teachers, this huge cruise ship, brand new cruise ship, got a nice like, um, award and plaque and they had a huge ceremony dinner and everything congratulations thank you thank you uh you you that congratulations is more than what my entire school district ever told me i didn't have a single principal i didn't have a uh, assistant superintendent superintendent not a single person in administration told me congratulations acknowledged it or anything and again no matter how good you were there was no incentive with what I do, with what you guys do, the better you are at it, the more money you make. The harder you work at it, the more money you make. And so, but people don't like that. They don't like that idea of, hey, I can go get it. I can go make my own money. It's like, I want to go to a job. I need to have this. I know on Friday I'm going to get paid X amount of dollars. I need, I need to have that baseline. Right? I have no baseline and I never want to again. Like I don't want that safety blanket. I want to go get everything that I have. And it's such a weird thing for me. I sleep very little because... I have all these opportunities in front of me and it was weird because I never had them before. So now I'm like, I got to grab them. I got to go get them all day, all night, all day, all night, all night. Cause it's like a scarcity mindset from when teaching and I had no opportunities and, and a lot of people just, they don't like that. Right. And, and my generation, even yours a little bit, our parents had a different, a different setting, especially in Genesee County. You'd graduate high school, you get a job at GM, you would have a good salary, eventually gonna have a good retirement, and that was it. And so a lot of our parents people still do that. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of our parents can't understand that. Like even the people closest to me when I was leaving, they're they're like, Man, no way. And then it was going well and going well, and they still like there's still people that are like, You're still doing that? And like, you know, you can always go back to teaching. I'm like, never. Right. And it, it's just such a foreign idea to them. But I surround myself, I all I do is is for like consuming like entertainment is just podcasts, just stuff like this. And it's all people that kind of have that similar mindset where they're like, Hey, no, I'm working, I'm getting, I'm innovating. And, and there's some, some great ones. Anybody's ever looked for podcasts, obviously this one, but um, one that's super underrated, um, big show, but one of the best interviewers on the planet, the raw talk from Bradley Martin. I've checked that out, Bradley man. Martin. He is, awesome. obviously looks like a juice head. Obviously yeah. he looks huge stuff. He's brilliant. So intelligent, his ability to, and he actually is not a friend, but I've met him and hung out with him a couple times now. Uh, Vic oh, blends, uh, was just on his show and one of the best podcasts ever. So go from that, obviously Joe Rogan podcast. Um, and, and even the Nelk boys, Nelk boys are horrible at interviewing yeah, people. But so they have, bad. I was so glad they added Bradley oh, Martin because he's, he's the only one that like has yeah. a brain cell in the room. Yep. And I love their, <laughs> I love their, their marketing and their business and stuff, but they're so bad. Like yeah. they're, I, so Steve, my, my buddy that's on the channel, he's going to start interviewing people. And I, I gave him these podcasts to study. I was like, study Bradley. When he asks a question, he is still, he lets the person speak. He doesn't speak over them. Um, a good example of not doing that is uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was just on oh, Joe Rogan. He cuts off Joe Rogan every 10 seconds. It's, right. it's horrible. And then I'm like, but, but Bradley's 
vulnerable, right? He speaks about his father committing suicide all the time. He cries on, on air. Like he shows you like how to be raw, right? Raw talk. Yeah. Uh, an amazing one. And then, yeah, Bradley, when he's on Nelk Boys, because they get the big name guest, but like, like Steiny should never be on a podcast again. Like he's, <laughs> he is the friend that everyone has, but nobody wants. Right. He, he really is like the kid that just keeps Literally. showing up. And, and, uh, and like Salim's cool, but I don't want him interviewing yeah. Elon Musk. You know, like I don't that, want yeah, those I things. literally 100%. wanted to just cry after the Elon Musk It was podcast. horrible. I was like, you got Elon Musk yeah. in a podcast and that was what you did with yeah. it. Like, it, Jesus. I horrible. Just, I don't even know why Elon Musk did that podcast. Right. It actually kind of pissed me off. Yeah, yeah, they're like managers, knew each other and at the yeah. time. So, so that's what I do is I consume that kind of thing, especially when I'm working and it's something like if I'm editing, I got to focus on editing. But if I'm, if I'm posting and, and doing work, I can kind of just listen to those on the side. And then you hear these like inspirational stories and people going after it. Bradley Martin living in his car. Um, another guy actually, and there's crazy connections to Graham Blank. Um, you guys know the channel Eric? Yes. So Eric, uh, he went from zero to a million subscribers in one year. That was his goal. He was the guy that like broke into Logan Paul fights and the Super Bowl and all this stuff. He his um, creative director went to Graham Blake. He might have been your your age, uh, Max Bean. Do you remember him? I've heard of that name. Snowboarder, before. really cool kid. He's he's out in L.A. He's his creative director now, and so that's pretty crazy. And then I hear that story, and he was like, "I was going through depression. I was going through this, and I just dropped it all. I dropped my job and everything, and then I did it." Um, other ones, I'm a big Gary V fan, so I follow a ton of Gary V. Um, another crazy thing: a former student of mine is his assistant now, really? and so yeah, it's pretty crazy. Shout out to James Cook, um, and so he just just all these stories, and I'm like. That's the world I want to be in. You know, that that's that's what I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about waiting on my paycheck. I don't want to talk about a boss. I don't want to talk about staff meetings. I don't want to talk about that stuff. I want to go make it happen. And I know it's directly related to how much I put in and how good I'm at it, how good I am at it. And especially a platform like YouTube. Like YouTube is only getting bigger and it's only going more to stuff like this. For a while it started trending towards the quick, flashy edits, attention, attention, attention. Now people kind of got burned out on that and they're like, I just want real information. I want real content. So things like TikTok are going to change. They're going to fade away just like Vine, just like all the other ones did. But YouTube is here to stay. And a huge reason is it's Google, you know? So the number one search engine in the world is Google. Number two is YouTube and they're owned by ABC. So the same company. So I'm, I'm all about that mindset in that, that trapped mindset. It, it genuinely makes me sad. Like I'll drive by the school parking lot and I'll see cars of people that I know dislike their job, but they feel like they, they're too old and they can't leave. Or I'll go to a job and see somebody working like super hard and not liking it. And I just feel bad. I'm like, I know you have some passion, some skill that you can monetize and turn into something that, that you're going to love, you know, and it, it's crazy. And then once you get going, like Steve, you get the chance to change people's lives. Like, they're coming up like, I don't need to be rich. I don't need to be any of this stuff, but I want to be my own boss. I want to set my own schedule. I want to, yeah, exactly. And so if I can do that and bring people up with me and stuff, it's, it's cool. And hopefully keep talking about that, that mindset thing and showing people, you don't have to be scared to take a chance, especially like me. Like I was teaching for 12 years and a lot of people would consider that old. Like I was, when I left, I was 33, like that in the the scheme of like your life, man, a third like there's still yeah. still a lot left, and so, but for for some people they'd be like, oh man, I'm in it for twelve years of teaching, I need to ride it out and right. stuff, and no. I'm like, no man, that's that's imagine living five sevenths of your life and not enjoying that five sevenths. Right. 
like five, everybody being like, ah, oh, it's the weekend. I'm like, it's Sunday. Cool. I get to do what I love tomorrow on Monday. You know, my favorite live stream is on Monday nights. Like it's not a, not a big deal to me. So it's, yeah, that, that mindset is a crazy one. Yeah. I could not imagine like not putting myself for people watching. If you're young, put yourself in a performance like environment, like get a sales job, mm-hmm. get like for me, it was, I, uh, serving, oh, yep. oh. serving. Like I want to be able to work harder and make more money. I don't want to just show up somewhere and just be there and hate my life. Right. I'm going to work, 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 work. And that's like, if you are working at like McDonald's or just like a fast food place or something, like stop, I'm sorry, just go get a performance-based job. It is going to be so much better for you. Get a, I think sales is really the most like valuable probably thing you could, you could do, especially like starting out young. But um, also Huberman, Andrew Huberman, you yeah. watch the podcast. I wanted to say that. That's, yeah, really good one. He's if you like educational, you like technical stuff. Yeah, he breaks it down to a crazy level. I literally live off Joe Rogan, Huberman, and I've been getting into like Lex Friedman. Oh, a lot Lex is recently. fantastic. Yeah, I watch all those guys. Some of his stuff is like difficult to understand though. Sometimes, yeah, but, um, yeah, even Huberman gets a little bit little bit too deep on some things for me a little bit over the head but yeah i watch every joe rogan episode i watch a lot of the lex uh all those ones but we are so lucky to like be able to literally watch a lex friedman yeah. podcast or like for a, free. a huberman podcast for free like that's literally a whole i mean people go to college for four years yeah he went to college for how long to learn all that shit and he's just giving it to you for free mm-hmm. exactly what you need to know breaking it down the most important studies exactly what you need to know it's dude it's amazing it's amazing that's why we that's why we're doing podcasts because like this is the shit this yeah. is where you this is the the best pl- thing to watch on the internet in my opinion the yeah. best form of like i agree and art. it's where you it's where you start too i mean you see like these big hip-hop figureheads and stuff and like a lot of people don't know the the backstory right like right. academics do you know how he got going uh, so he, I, yeah he started like the uh the, it was like based around the Chicago rap. Yeah, scene. exactly. Like the um, so he started showing like Chief Keef and all these guys that were like the rivals right. and started building it up and then getting a following behind these stories. And now, like most people don't know that or see that they just see his show and see him talk about Drake albums and all this stuff. And right. and it was like, man, it's like, oh, Adam Twenty Two. Do you know where he started? You know, and like all this stuff and there, there's coming up and it's because of stuff like this, you know. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I've been wanting to ask you, yeah. um, like going through your four years of history and everything that you learned and yeah. then becoming a history teacher, do you believe like everything like in the books, like throughout our history of the whole world? Oh no. So yeah, history is tough because uh the the victors write history. I was just right? about you to know? say that. So, yeah, yeah I so like I my first year of teaching was in high school and I taught World War Two. Well, I had a German foreign exchange student. And so when I'm teaching about World War II, she started crying because they had a totally different view of World War II than we did. Really? Yeah. Oh, and literally cried in in class. And uh, she was like, no, this is not what we are taught. And so, yeah, the the perspective is very regional. Um, It's very biased towards the the winner, right? And it's always changing, right? You talk about uh, Joe Rogan's. I taught ancient world history to you, right? I taught Mm -hmm. the – or no, were you seventh or eighth grade? Eighth. Eighth grade. Okay, so I taught early US, US history, yeah, but US. Uh, seventh grade I teach the Mayans, the Aztec, the Inca, and we teach about like civilizations forming. And then Graham Hancock goes on Joe Rogan. And he's like, "Oh no, there's uh, in Turkey a Bekele Tepe is like 
thousands of years older than what you are teaching. And the first civilization was much older. And there may have been an, an Ice Age uh, civilization, all this crazy stuff. So, no, absolutely not. I think that there's always a lesson no matter what it is, right? Even if it is the victor writing it, winning's important. <laughs> winning and, and, yeah. and getting it done is important. So um, I think it will always change. But if anybody says, like, no, it's history, it's it's like – even in science, right? People say, oh, it's science. No, science comes out all the time, right? We thought Pluto was a planet. We we thought all this stuff was was different things. So, no, I don't think that anything is is 100% right, and it's all perspective, right? Early U.S. history, we teach about the Revolutionary War. We teach about those. What if we taught it from the Native American perspective? Right. It's a very different textbook yeah. than the American perspective, you know? So, yeah, no, I don't think it's it's all set in stone by any means. I was probably even- Remember what I was just telling you? We were just on the phone. Mm-hmm. I was talking about World War Two, and I was like... Yeah. I bet you that shit is not really because I was with all the Kanye shit going on. Right. I mean, I'm not saying that I support anything he's saying. I am but, wearing Yeezys, but but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't think that it's anything like what we're taught. I'm starting to become way more skeptical of basically every single thing that I'm told. For I sure. Mean, like che- Cheerios aren't age. even healthy for you. No. No. no came out. Came out stomach. last year. Oh, Cheerios are actually bad for you. Whoa, oh yeah. Cholesterol isn't actually that that great for your heart oh no everything does everything does and and i know like for example too like for me and we'll get into too many details but i know you guys uh you you've heard of the this thing called weed before right yeah yeah. (laughs) and so like i just quit smoking weed yeah did you i'm so fucking proud of this i've been so proud of two weeks so that's awesome man yeah but like addicted the history of uh, the history of weed's crazy. It's absolutely crazy how it was illegal in our country, but things like tobacco, uh, cigarettes, and alcohol. And it was mainly because uh, there was this guy named William Randolph Hearst, and he owned a paper mill, and he would make paper, and that was his job. Well, then they started figuring out that hemp was actually better than paper in every single way. And that it was going to be cheaper, it was going to be longer lasting. And so he was like, oh, man, I can't do this, it's going to kill my industry. And so he started putting out this propaganda against marijuana and like how that's terrible. He made this movie called reefer madness and it portrayed like Mexicans as like criminals and rapists because they were on this devil's lettuce, this, this reefer madness, you know? And so then they passed these laws to make it illegal CBD, all of it. Right. And CBD doesn't even have any psychoactive properties or anything. It's just stress relief, pain relief, all this stuff. And it had been become this like crazy illegal thing in our country. And then looking back on it, it's like, wow, that's crazy. Like if you smoke cigarettes, you know you're going to die from that one day. Like that's yeah. going to kill you and nobody can dispute that. Alcohol is an actual poison. Like it, it actually, people die from alcohol poisoning. <laughs> happens every year. Yeah, right. It happens terrible. in East Lansing every right. single year. And But meanwhile, this plant is illegal. CBD is illegal. Like so many of these things. And it was like, that's crazy because of this like, twisted history that that somebody painted for profit for money and so yeah it's all all how you twist it and it it does matter it impacts a lot a lot of different things and um even yeah i mean i mean we could go on and on from like native americans and like where are they today it's like oh well they have the settlements and they have the the casinos that are they have their own tax laws and all this stuff and i was like yeah because they got pushed to like the crappiest land in in the country you know like they're literally taken out of georgia and these fertile lands and pushed into oklahoma and 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 killed along the way and stuff so yeah history is wild when you start thinking perspective and you start thinking reality and like what really happened you know and even even things like Ukraine and Russia today. Oh, hell. And it's I, like just gets completely blanketed and, and everyone 
regardless of what's what's right or wrong, everyone like ignores what led up to this and what actually happened with treaties in the past and like promises that were made to Putin and, and things that were taken back and, and all these things. And it's not right what he's doing, of course, but it's not as simple as what everybody wants to think, you know? So yeah, history is crazy. Did you see money from um, FTX was like going through Ukraine? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, there's mm-hmm. some shit there. Yeah, that is definitely. Uh, yeah, and even the FTX stuff is crazy, man. Get celebrities yeah, to go on a commercial and believe it. Yeah, he's not in jail right, right? now. Right, literally stole like twenty billion dollars. He's not in fucking jail, and it's they don't even know where it is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's gone. Oh, I'm sorry. I just didn't have track of the books. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Okay. All right, buddy. Have you guys seen that they're about to make a new currency to be used for oil? I've seen something like on the that. bricks. Like bricks, yeah, like um, Russia. I think it's Russia, China, Syria, Saudi Arabia, and the United yeah, Emirates. The OPEC or whatever, yeah, the OPEC the, nations. The, That's gonna the U.S. dollar is no USD. longer like the Federal Reserve or the um the Federal what is it World Current something. You needed U.S. dollar to buy oil before. Right. They just made it to where you you don't basically because of the sanctions that genius Joe Biden put on Russia. Uh, so they went and created their own shit where you can now buy oil without the U.S. dollar, which is literally one of the main things that was stabilizing the U.S. Right. dollar. So we got about five years to uh, get rich and get the hell out of this country, in my opinion. That's <laughs> yeah. that's my plan. I literally want to yeah. move out of this country because I don't think things are going to stay you know, U.S. up top. I don't think – I mean – stuff changes i think americans just don't really understand really what's what's going, going on. on i don't even understand scenes. what the hell is going right. on but i know it's not good Cause we're not at that level yet yeah mm-hmm. i'm not i will be one day yeah. but you know uh world's crazy man yeah. <laughs> yeah it is i just can't wait to first get out of michigan i'm sick of the winter are yeah. you sick yeah. of how cold it is here i don't do well with super heat like we were in florida and stuff and like i can do it but unless it gets like crazy i, I don't like the the extreme heat i like north carolina okay it's like right in between yeah 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 north carolina's cool i could see that now is this something that you guys want to do long term yeah long term oh, full we'll time do this for yeah. the rest of our lives yeah cool. i mean yeah. eventually i want to um when I get to the point where I want to have kids, I want to like be done with working. Yeah. Like I'm obviously going to have like recurring revenue streams, yep. but like I want to like, like my job will be being a parent. Mm-hmm. And I think like, I just want to have like amazing humans. I want to just yep. like, if 100%. you're, if you can focus yeah. on just making your children like the best humans you can, yep. like think about like the normal relationship between like a, a, a father and a son. Yep. Where you wake up, you see him for, a second go to work kid goes to school come back oh the dad's tired at night yep goes to sleep doesn't want to talk to him like if your job is to be a parent mm-hmm. like, imagine what you could like do, do. like it's oh yeah it's and that was, that was a big part of me leaving too yeah, yeah i i put my daughter to sleep every night i mean it, it's crazy the the difference in those those relationships for sure yeah for sure and then and they can feel that i mean they when they know that you're you're not happy, you're not enjoying your job, that wears right. off no matter what you yeah. think. No matter what you think, that's always going to wear off. So, yeah, and, and like I said, this stuff isn't isn't changing. And usually when you have a platform, that's just like your base. And then those streams of income just start coming in. Because I, I probably have like 12 different streams of income. Like people will be like, oh, man, you make all that money off YouTube? But like uh, some of it, like right. YouTube's my main platform, but it's coming from all these different areas. The right. opportunities are just insane. Mm-hmm. Like already we have what? freaking 
200 subscribers and still like even now we're Been seeing like four, lots of opportunities yeah. we've thrown a party with some of the rappers we've met didn't go so well but you know it's still <laughs> we'll do like, another one we're gonna plan. do it yeah. we're gonna eventually make money from it so it's like just start something yep. and the opportunities are gonna come stay consistent start something you gotta start it's somewhere gonna, it's gonna happen you gotta chase your dreams man most people just like we've been talking about this whole pod, man. You'll work your whole life doing something you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And just like with parenting, bro, that shit does rub off to the kids. Like, And some parents take it out on their kids. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Some yeah, people I mean, really it's going to affect if you are just there. not happy. It's going to leak over into every single part of your life, in yep. my opinion. Your health, your relationships, uh, obviously your job, your income. It's yeah, just you're much, not going to be. Your mental health. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, like why, you have one freaking life and you're going to spend it. Doing yep. a fucking job you hate. I don't understand. Working it. for I'm, someone else, making money right. for someone else. Being yeah, literally a slave. I mm-hmm. don't understand it. Yep, and the economy's changing too. So it's like getting ahead of it. Stuff like this is it's where it's at. It's where it's going to go. And everything's and going online. Yep, yeah. it Everything. really is. Yeah, sales especially going online. Yeah. People don't want to like believe it, but I don't know how people don't. Yeah, yeah. it's it's been ingrated in our system everyone like my mother when my parents were still together she bought everything online that we didn't go to stores anymore Mm -hmm. you know what i mean she didn't even go grocery shopping anymore before they split up like everything is online you watch everything online you don't most people don't even sit in their living rooms and watch tv anymore they pull up their phone they watch a youtube video they get on their computer they watch a youtube video you know what i mean yeah even yeah you don't read reviews on products you watch youtube reviews you know you watch those things so yeah, it's huge, and it's it's just going more and more and more to that. They know that, so they're gonna start leaning into it. Yeah, it's and it's crazy the opportunities that can happen with like smaller numbers, right? People yeah. talk about YouTube. And for me, I don't know what's that like sixty eight, sixty nine thousand subscribers, and people in the in the grand sea of YouTube, they're like, oh man, Mr. Beast has eighty million and right. this stuff, and it was like. You, you, especially if you get the more niche you get, right? The more focused you get, those numbers are more impactful in that, that smaller pond. So like in the beard content um, world, I'm one of the biggest, if not the biggest, most influential at those smaller numbers. And the opportunities are huge because let's say you do a review video with me. That's the most direct marketing in the history of marketing. The only people that watch my channel are adult men with beards and you're making (laughs) your video towards them. Do you want to go spend that money on a, on a Facebook ad that's going to go out to this broad reach of people that are going to like leave hateful comments and stuff. You know, it's, that's the way that it's, it's going. That's the way that it's moving. You know, if you have a, a podcast uh, like Joe Rogan, that's super broad. People are going to watch. If you have a podcast about rap, people are going to find that. And if somebody wants to be on there, get exposure, that's the way to do it because people are looking for that, you know? So it's, yeah, it's, it's really, really heading that way more than ever. And, and the numbers don't need to be as big as people think to ha- to have that impact. Cause mine was about six months in. So I started it. And at first I had bought a bunch of products and I was doing reviews and I had, and, and, and here's advice too to anybody that wants to make it, you got to find a way to be unique to the point where people could describe your platform in like one sentence. 
Right. So when I started, there were beard channels, but I call them like bro channels. They would they would burp and they talk about getting chicks and, and all this stuff with their beard. And I'm married. I'm a teacher. I got kids, and I'm not that anyway. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to go in with this like educational approach. I'm going to go in like I'm teaching lessons. And I'm going to be family friendly, but also first person ever on a beard channel. I have this beautiful wife, and with like beard products, it's kind of like a cologne. They have different scents and different stuff. And so whenever I'd wear a product, my wife would be like, oh, that smells really good. Or she'd have to sleep in the bed next to me and be like, that's disgusting. Go take a shower. Stuff like that, you know? (laughs) And so I was like, I'm going to bring her in on a segment for every review and she's going to say what she thinks it smells like. And so like early on, one of them, she said it smelled like vomit. And so people are like, oh man, she's real. Like she's, she's real. And then a couple ones later, she would open it. She'd go, oh my gosh, like this smells like sex in a bottle. And so then you'd have thousands, thousands of guys watching and she's gorgeous. This gorgeous woman is saying this smells sexy. They're like, bye, 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 bye. But it really does. Like she's yeah. not lying. We yeah. earned that, that respect. And it, it started picking up. And, and at first it was just cool because I bought all my stuff and I'm starting to get numbers and people are giving me really kind feedback. You know, like you help me out, man. You're the man. I love every video and that feels good. You know, you're like, all right, awesome. And then companies are like, hey, can we send you stuff? I'm like, for sure. That's great. So now I'm getting free stuff. And then it got to the point where I couldn't really keep up with the free stuff. Because if they had sent it, like, hey, we want you to review this water bottle. I'm like, okay, yeah, I got you next Friday. And hey, we want you to review this. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, next Friday. And then it was like this long list. And I'm like, shoot, at some point I need to have like a filter. Like how do I decide which one to say yes to and which one to say no to? And then freakishly at the same time, an owner of a company was like, hey, man, can I take you out to dinner tonight? I'm like, sure, that'd be great. He was like, hey, please. And this is about six months in. He was like, please take our money. And I was like, huh? He goes, we're killing it off of you. Like, we feel like we're abusing you and like we're criminal. Will you please take our money? And like, to that point, we were like, we're not going to make money. We're just doing this for fun. And I was like, all right, man, everybody else is making money off what we do. Why not? So me and my wife got together. I'm like, okay. And so we started by like our first two streams of incomes were um, a fee for review and then affiliates. So the review, somebody say, hey, man, I want you to review this water bottle. I'm like, okay, it'll be, it started out like $100. I'm like, I'll make a video, but um, it's going to be honest. I'm going to be real. I may say it's terrible. I may say it's good. It's whatever's real. But um, you got to pay me $100 beforehand, and you don't get to see the video until it drops. You get, if you believe in your product, let's do it. And then do you if, tell your viewers that that's what always. that was the like plan that yep. you give these people? Always. Yep. I am I am probably too far on the side of transparent. Like yeah. I am an open book. <laughs> they know everything. Everything about the channel and the money and the way everything works. And then uh, then the next one is once it was good, right? So for example, Detroit Grooming is a local is the most local company. And they have great products and they're like we want to offer you an affiliate. So my viewers get a discount, right? And so you save 10 to 20% depending on the company when you buy the oil that I recommend and then I get a commission on the sales. And so that was another another realm, right? I can make money doing that. And that was how we started like really building it up and getting companies that we liked. And so I would get like 10 companies a week that would email me and I'd say, hey, here's my fee. And at first it was like one a week would say yes. And I'm like, perfect. 
And then it was like two, three a week would say yes. I'm like, shoot, I can't keep up with this. I'm like, what do I do? My wife's like, you increase your fee. I'm like, okay, now it's 250. And then it was like, okay, one a week for a while. And then as the channel grew, more and more came and the bigger ones came. And then it would be like three would say yes again. I'm like, okay, we got to increase the fee. And so then the fee just kept going up as literally just like a natural filter. I didn't want to have to say, yeah, I'm going to try this one, but not this one. Because I just wanted my reviews to be real. Like my review on Friday, uh, the company actually offered me an affiliate two different times and I didn't like the product like to right. that level. But I said that in the video directly. I'm like, this company's I, cause once you guys get really get going, you start making money. People, people have that trapped mindset of, Hey, no, this is an odd thing. And if you guys are doing well, it's gotta be something nefarious to it. There's gotta be some like some con man game. You can't make money off of like doing stuff like this the right, right way. And so they assume that kind of thing. And so, as, as you get going there, you're going to have people accuse things and do things. And it was like, in this video, I'm like, no, listen, like I would make a lot of money off these guys if I took an affiliate and I told you this was good, but I'm telling you, I turned down their money and this stuff's garbage. And so like, that's how you start to, to really get that respect. And yeah. really when, and, and big thing that I have is don't trip over dollars, chasing pennies. Like there's a lot of people that are like, Oh, I could take this affiliate. That's guaranteed money, but it's going to hurt you in the long run. You know, and so that was always really important to us. We were really selective on our affiliates. And then from there, it was like random things started opening up. Like uh, I now get flown all over the country to go to barber expos and I teach classes to barbers on how to trim beards. They'll go to barber school and they don't have a single day about beard care. Really? And people that have beards will go to a barber and they're like, oh, you must be an expert because you deal with hair all day. Well, beards and head hair are very different. And so they don't know anything about beards. So I go and teach them the differences and how you trim them and the science behind it and stuff. And then companies are like, hey, man, I've figured out you're really good with marketing. Can we hire you to give us a consultation? And so I have a fee for an hour for marketing and stuff. And just all these random streams started opening up by just doing doing what I love, you know, just doing it the right way. And then YouTube, right? So once you get monetized, it's a thousand subscribers, um, 4,000 hours of watch time, then you start getting paid. And, and a lot of people don't realize how you get paid from YouTube. So you get paid by ads. So when an ad plays, the content creator, uh, essentially a company, Water Bottle says, comes to YouTube and says, hey, we want to run ads on specific channels or specific types. We're going to give you this much money. YouTube says, cool. All right, they're going to run it on AJ's channel. AJ, you get this much of it. YouTube, we're keeping this much. So every ad that plays, I get money. And how you interact with the ad matters as well. So if you watch the ad, I always give the option for a five-second skip because I don't want to make it super like intrusive on the viewer. So if you watch it for five seconds, I get a couple pennies. If you let it go longer, I get more. If you click the ad, I get more. If you click multiple things on the ad, I get more. And so there's all these levels. And then with Google, you get paid through those ads. That's it. Other than like live stream super chats and, and like donations, uh, which YouTube takes a cut of too, of course. And so, yeah, there's just so many streams of income that just keep coming up every step of the way. And then as you get bigger, it's, it's not so much anymore like how do I make money? It's like which one do I focus on making money on? That's, I love this conversation about, like, don't trip over, um, dollars chasing pennies. Right. Yeah. That's so perfect. Cause like, we're literally in that same, we're just yep. talking about this cause it's starting to get to the point where, you know, we do have a lot of rappers texting us, wanting us to come on for money. Yep. And it's like, we're trying to kind of figure out how to do that in a way where we want to keep this as genuine and as real mm -hmm. as possible. As raw. We want to talk to people that we want to talk to. It's tough. Uh, mm -hmm. so, I mean, do you do like. 
like rev- you said Friday, like review Fridays. Yep. Is that like a se- exactly. separate? That's what we're thinking about doing. Like, but we don't really know what we call it, what we would call it, or what we're gonna do yeah. with that. It's probably like, what we'll talk about. After yeah, this. we don't yeah. want to do like we we, we want to have our main stuff. You know, our real yep. real podcast, and then podcast for people to just kind of get exposure. But we want to also. Keep like, it real. Keep it in a way yeah. where people are going to want to come on if it's if people know that they're paying for it. So it's kind of just we're in that exact yeah. position no, it's, right now. It, and it, it'll never change. There will always be a balance there and always <laughs> figuring it out. So, um, for example, so I have companies that reach out to me. And usually, I mean, once in a while, there's bigger ones. But usually, it's like smaller companies that want to get exposure, right? So they come to me. I tell them my fee. And I can have this booked through the year. Now, being a smaller company, the only people that are going to view those videos are my like loyal, faithful viewers. They're, they're watching it from my subscription feed. If I do a big name company, I get my loyal followers, but I also get people searching for that company. So let's say somebody wants to, to look up Detroit Grooming. They're not specifically looking up Dancy Bearded. They're searching Detroit Grooming. Because I have a big platform, they'll find my video first and click that. Right. That's valuable to me because that's the, in business, you call it customer acquisition cost. Um, how much money does it cost to bring in a customer? And so for me, I have to balance, do I do big names that I would do on my own and likely bring in more people and grow? Or do I do a smaller name and get paid right now and get that? And my answer is a balance, but it's also timing. So for me, it is, and rap probably isn't so much like this, but beards are almost seasonal. Um, like no shave November is huge. It's the, yeah. this month where you start by not shaving to raise uh, men's health awareness. And then people keep it usually in the winter and there's hunting season and playoff season and all this stuff. And then in the summer, a lot of guys shave their beard. They stop watching YouTube and then it kind of comes back again. So I'm in the height of my like peak season right now. So what I did is I put a pause on my, my reviews of companies reaching out to me and I went with the most four most like requested reviews that I've ever had. So companies that didn't reach out to me. So I went and bought their product. So not only am I not getting paid for those Fridays, I'm paying to do it, but I'm doing four weeks in my peak season because I know these are going to be highly requested, highly searched and highly viewed videos. Exactly. And so I'm doing the long-term play. And then as it slows down, I'll go back to it. And there's still value in the, the getting money of the small ones. It would be the same for you. There's still value in rappers coming on that maybe you didn't know real well, but they want to pay to be on there. You get to know them. And, and you know, there, right. there's, it's still, it's not, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. But, you know, it, there's different when it's the bigger names, when it's the names that, that you want to talk to. So, yeah, I'm in that right now, too. That, yeah. that will never change. It's, it's, it's that idea of, of growth versus profit. Yes. You know, and so, yeah, it definitely, there's a, there's gotta be a balance there. Yeah. And I think like your idea would be, Hey, let's have a series name, like local spotlight or something like that, yeah. where, where you bring those ones on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We've kind of been going back and forth with it. Um, and that's in every business. I, I watch MMA too. And there was a, um, the biggest name in MMA is Ariel Hawani. He does a podcast yeah, and stuff. A lot and of people hate him. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, he's yeah. controversial, right? But he's, he's probably the most respected uh, at the same time. Well, he just, he, uh, so Patty the Batty fought last night and he came out and like badmouthed Ariel. was like, oh, Ariel's trying to get me on his show and stuff. And Ariel's like, hey, I got receipts. So he plays a voice memo and, and, 
Patty was like, hey, man, I'm in town. Would, would love to connect. And uh, Ariel's like, sweet. I want to do it tonight. He said, yeah, contact my manager. I got to go to this show. He'll get you all hooked up. The manager was like, yeah, he would love to come on your show. It's this much money to be on the show. And Ariel's like, whoa, you contacted me kind yeah. of thing. And so that idea of like paying to be on things and, and my, it's, it's everywhere. It's in every platform. And yeah. it's, it's a weird, weird balance until you get to something like Joe Rogan, who literally can have on anyone he wants. Yeah. He doesn't really care. And he's going to be paid. He's going to reach an influence, you know. So it's, yeah, that, that idea it's always good to keep that end goal in mind. What's long-term best? You know, what is, what is long-term best? And so, sure. yeah, don't trip over dollars to get to pennies. Cause I see that. And, and for me, right. I'm in a super small niche. Here's like more advice on, on YouTube. The two biggest things where I see people go wrong when they start is number one, they almost subconsciously just copy their favorite channels. So for me, when I came in to, to the game, there were no beard channels like mine whatsoever. Like I said, didn't have the wife, didn't have like the, the educational talk. I also broke it down like a classroom lesson. You can still watch any video today. I have an intro, I have my lesson, I have a conclusion on every video. Yeah. And, and I even have like transitions that'll say that. Like it's now a conclusion. That's just how I, I function, you know? And that was like totally five years ago, like, whoa, this is crazy. This guy has a new method. Now every new beard channel has an introduction, a lesson and a conclusion. And they'll even have like a tagline. Like for me at the end, I'm like, stay bearded, stay positive. And they'll be like, Hey, it's Chris keep on bearding. And like, like it, it, it's so verbatim what I do. And it's, it's not because they're like, Oh, Dan is successful. I want to copy him. They're like, Oh man, I'm a fan of Dan. I love this. And that's all they know. So they try to do it within that, that realm. But why would someone watch them when they already have me? You know, if you try to copy Joe Rogan, why would you watch it if you're trying to copy him? So that's a mistake people make. And then the other biggest one is uh, false expectations. They get in going and they're like, man, Dan quit his job. Like he's making money for his whole family. There's got to be money in this. And so then they start six months in. They've been consistent. They've been doing it. They're like, oh, this sucks. We didn't make I can't quit my job yet. I'm done. And then the passion dies. They usually take off like six months and then they'll post on Instagram like, Hey, anybody miss me? And it's like, do you think they're going to say no? Like, I yeah. hate, I hate terrible, like, tactics to get, like, pats on the back. Like, do you guys think I should come back again? Like, do you think people are going to be real and be like, no, you were terrible? Like, of course, they're going to be nice and say yes. And, but they just, they, they feel like they want it, but it's, it's those unfair expectations. But if you guys are always thinking, like, no, we're in this for the long run, we don't have to, like, quit our jobs right now, yeah. that's super valuable. And, and it's, it's not a quick thing. You know, it's, it, like I said, I did it for five years before I left teaching. And it wasn't even like it was a home run to, to leave teaching. It's not like I'm, I'm loaded and, and was right. making this crazy money and moving to LA and stuff. I mean, it's a risk. It was a, it's a chance I took on myself. So there's, there's definitely a lot of cha- challenges once you get going in. And then from there, again, making, making the right moves. One wrong move, you take, you take that affiliate that is garbage to make money from. And it doesn't go well. You do take money from a rapper who comes on and has like a terrible show that yeah. impacts, you know, that stuff can impact you long term. <clears throat> yeah. With, with us, I feel like it would be a little more, you know, how bad can one podcast go? Yeah. And people just wouldn't watch it. And I feel like that would be okay. But, you know, we don't want to lose the authenticity. Right. That's like the yeah. main thing that I just want to keep so intact is like, 
I want to be, that's our thing. I want to be yeah. the most authentic podcast. Yeah. Not even just authentic rap podcast, just podcast in general. Yeah. And, and I think you're proving that by having people like me, right? Yeah. It, this, yeah. It, if you, if you do what you want, people are going to come for you and then stay for the conversations. You know, if you can build that, that's going to be powerful. And like, for me, I, I think I've built that, like my, my true skill, I've never been the smartest person in the room, literally never once have been, but I'm really good at communicating and community building, right? The classroom, like everybody was cool in our classroom, yeah. right? And that wasn't by chance. It, that was the coaching. That was the, the community building. I have live streams that are super popular. My Monday night live stream has 300 plus people in it at any given time because it's like it's like going to the bar where everybody knows your name. You know, everyone's like, hey, what up, man? How you doing? And, and stuff. People chat and, with yeah, each other. Literally yeah. asking how their weekend, oh, did you get your foot taken care of? <laughs> you know, like they're going back and forth. And, uh, and that's where the, the real skill is at. And, and do we talk about beers? Do we do it? Of course. That's the common denominator. But I, I have a segment on Mondays where I say, hey, where the ladies at? And we have like 30 women that come in just because they enjoy hanging out. And uh, we play games like this or that. And I put on two things, you know, like water with ice, no ice. And we just like BS back and forth about it. And so, yeah, staying true and having those conversations that you want. Right. Bradley Martin puts up a podcast. I'm listening to it regardless of who the guest is. Even if I haven't heard of them, I'm like, I know I'm going to learn something. I know I'm going to be entertained. I know I'm going to have like a line, a phrase that I'm going to leave with that's going to be good. Right. And that would be the same for you guys. And, and for me, like, I don't know if you guys know, but I'm a big rap fan. Like, that's all I listen to is rap. And I'm a big Flint rap fan, but I like the older Flint rap more. And so I learned a lot of new new the rappers Dayton from family. you guys. So my top three, yeah, my Dayton family is number one. Like, when I would go into sporting events, and remember, I did basketball, but then I was swimming and water polo. Swimming and water polo is a very white sport, like extremely white. Yeah. And I would come in, no joke. We were at regionals, biggest game of the year. I'm coaching. Keep this in mind. I'm coaching. We're going against Ann Arbor Pioneer literally across the street from the big house preppy uppity school i walk in i'm the one wheeling in a boom box and we're playing flint town by dayton family <laughs> in ann arbor michigan <laughs> bootleg and like going through like and that was like kind of our demeanor and attitude so yes yeah, so i love my my top three in flint would be dayton family mc breed and then john connor and those are my my top ones and, I, and a lot of new ones and it's interesting to see what uh what because a lot of the new flint rap sounds more like detroit rap to me right yeah, it's yeah. more like t grizz like it's, yeah it really is and so it's changed a lot um but it's it's entertaining and it's it's fun to watch and um and even like ones that you guys bring out so like uh you guys know kid yeah crispy life yeah uh chris i don't know kydd crispy life kid no no no, no. I'm no kid. Yeah, so kid, kid's real nice too. But and again, there's yeah, so many rappers in Flint. But I, I, I have a certain like kind of. It's usually more like like uh, lyrical and yeah. and really like John Connor is probably my goat of of Flint rap. Even though he hasn't done, do you know who he is? Yeah, my old manager used to talk about him all the time. Okay, yeah, so he signed with Shady Aftermath, went to L.A. hasn't done too much out there yet, but like. If you want to listen to some good Flint music, look up his Vinny Chase mixtapes, especially Vinny Chase season two. Crazy, crazy, crazy good. So yeah, I love I love rap, and then it's it's fun to find new people and discover them. And it seems like one of the major like goals of your guys getting them out to people. Yeah, yeah. I love representing just like the whole Michigan rap yeah. scene, just yeah. Michigan music in general. Like he listens to everything. I mean, I listen to everything too. I yeah. listen to rock, everything. But like when I'm I don't know. I just love 
representing people from Michigan. For sure. That's where yeah. we're from. Yep. You know what I mean? We want to get scene. in a position where we can kind of just put people on. Yeah. In, in a, in a genuine people way. Michigan. People that we like their music and we think, hey, they should, more people should know about them. We want to be in a position where we can give them a platform. And, uh, like my friend Way P. We're so yeah. excited. We are, we are so, like, there's a few people in Flantman where we're like, I would almost bet money on the fact that they are going to, like, make it. Like, yeah. Make it up. Big. Yeah, I'd sent you Jay from yeah, uh, he's Sway. Really he's nice. Real nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and Dylan. Yep, yep. There's yeah. a, yeah, there's a lot, and it, it's cool. And, and the way, and then you got to be strategic on how you put them on, too, because yeah. you got to have that balance of, of what brings views, but what you like doing the most. So, for yeah. example, I like... I like bringing on companies too. I'm like, man, this is a hidden gem. This is amazing. Bring it out to the people. And I'll do that through reviews. I'll do that through live streams. But my biggest discoverability videos are like my least favorite to make. So for example, um, every year in November, I'll do a video that is the top beard products of the year. So if you look up like best beard products on YouTube, my videos first every single time, no matter what year it is, no matter what time it is. And it's that video and it'll get 60, 80, hundred thousand views. And it, I hate making it because it's always controversial. Someone's always like, hey, you left this one off. Hey, that one's garbage. Hey, he makes money off these. Hey, this and that. But it's And it takes a lot of planning. Like I'll have the best beard oils, best beard butters, and I got to get them all ready and have all my codes ready and all this stuff. But it's so valuable because it does. It puts those companies on. So for like the equivalent of you guys, it would be super controversial. It would be hard as hell to make. But I guarantee your biggest video, if you two just sat down and said, and your title of your podcast was Top 5 Flint Rappers, that would be that would be mass- so like do you know how search yeah. you know how searchable that is though yes. you know how many people yeah. are searching yeah. flint rappers yeah. and and that video would would pop but yeah then you're going to have you got 5 that are going to love you and roll with you yeah. then you're going to have 10 they're going to be pissed yeah. and then their fans are going to be pissed and stuff and i deal with that but again it's that balance it's like I know this is going to get views i know it's got a lot of value it's going to come with some hardship too you know and so thinking of like those other outlets like yeah. that would be instantly within a week would be your biggest video yeah we, you know we do need like uh that's a good idea we've been thinking about more like short term yeah short uh form content yep besides like the clips more like kind of like 10 10 minute 15 minute videos yeah purposeful ones some of that yeah um, we're about to brand out a lot of i mean branch out a lot of different stuff with punch world like, yeah uh, we want to start doing punch world pranks again. We originally started doing pranks, okay. me and him. Yeah, but, um, well, I just don't want to be seen as the yeah. prank guy. That's just we don't yeah. want to be known for that. Be. But we want to have sure. a crew for that. Right. You know what I mean, to also bring more like uh, direction towards the podcast. Yeah. And the same thing, we want to do punch world gaming, and then eventually have our own like competitive teams. Yep. Which is just going to bring more, di- more direction just towards the whole punch world brand. Yeah, man. The it's kind of like we talked about tripping over dollars, chasing pennies. It's the same idea of discoverability versus the the content you have now. So for me, because the problem before with YouTube shorts is it would blend in with your video feed and you didn't have thumbnails. It was big. It, it, it was, it was not a good system. YouTube listened. So they said, okay, we're, we're shifting shorts into its own thing on your page. Live streams are its own thing on your page now. And in February, they're monetizing YouTube shorts. So you'll get paid for every, every view. On those shorts. Noted. Does live stream still mess up your... Because I was listening to a bunch of people. It's yeah. kind of like back and forth. There's no like actual data because YouTube, like it's all secret yeah. for some reason. But does live streaming still like mess up your kind of um, 
um, what the hell do you call it? Like mess with the, um, the analytics and yeah, algorithm. Yeah. No, for me, it's it's massive. It's one of the biggest draws to what I do. Okay. Yeah, it's huge. So I do a, a live stream uh, by myself every Monday night. Every Wednesday, it's me and Steve together in studio, and then every Sunday is Steve by himself. And so, no, live stream's huge. And, and again, it's branching out. So Sunday night is called Beyond Beard. And so he talks about everything that's not related to beards for that idea to like bring new people in. And then <clears throat> the balance is TikTok is amazing for getting discovered, like people finding you. But if you spend that time and dedicate it, there's only so many hours in the day, you know? And if I spend that time dedicating it to that, I'm missing the opportunities over here where I can directly be making money or I can directly be adding to YouTube. So it really is a balance. And, it, and all the platforms are so different. Instagram is very different than TikTok, which is very different than YouTube. So finding that, that balance of, yeah, where do we put, put the eggs in the basket, you know, is, is tough. It's really, really tough. And then you get into things like Mr. Beast level. He started blowing up, doing well. And he said, man, I'm doing great, but only 10% of the world speaks English. He goes, holy crap. So he now has 10 channels in the next biggest languages, and he developed a, a, uh, an AI platform, which is crazy, and I'm going to try and use it soon, where anybody can, where you send in a video of yours, you pick which language or dialect you want it to be like transformed into, and they have somebody that will read it. Now, it's not like, and this is where it gets crazy, right? They used to do it with like kung fu movies. You know, the mouth would be moving crazy, yeah. and it would be like in the English words that yeah. didn't match up. They have AI, Mr. Beast developed this, owns this. They have AI technology that will take my face, right? And the majority of the beards in the world are not in the US, right? The Middle East is crazy with beards. India, um, they have beards religiously. Like they're not even allowed to to cut them um, in many of the religions. And so let's say I do uh, a Hindi dialect of, uh, of a video. I send it in. They have somebody voice over like this. Then they have AI technology that take my lips and match it to this person's voice. And so it looks like I'm actually speaking this language. That's so That's insane. Amazing. Crazy. And so Mr. Beast channel, he has celebrities in that language do it for his. So like he has one that's in, uh, in uh, Japanese and it's the biggest like Japanese actor. And so you, they're familiar with his voice, but then Mr. Beast mouth is moving like this Japanese actor. That's it's crazy. crazy. And it's so simple. He has a website. You just pay it. You upload your video and then they send a copy to you afterwards. Is it expensive? How much? I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't fully, like I haven't opened that door yet because I'm a little scared, but I'm going to Dude, for I sure. That would be fucking That's a good idea for your channel, it's, especially. It is. So genius. Yep. Right. And yeah, like you guys won't apply as much because the rap is yeah. in English, yeah. you know, yeah. so that's not, not as good and it has to match up with the music. But like for me, like teaching beards and, and, and doing that, man. Yeah. So it, he, he, or even just entertainment in general, he's yeah. huge, huge all around the world. So yeah. So he created that. There's just so many opportunities, man. Right. So many opportunities. And it's, it's so cool just to, yeah, you do it from a ta- table, you put it on a computer, man. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. And um, so different than teaching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, one thing I wanted to ask you, I was thinking about on the way over here, this is kind of off topic. Yeah. Well, it is on topic, but off topic from what we were just talking about. Um, what do you think would change the, 
like whole teaching system for the better? Like, how do you think we can fix it? Because it's definitely broken. Yeah, tough question. So I actually have a second YouTube channel. I haven't made any content yet, but it's titled Why I Left Education. And I want to go over like all those things. And I really, really want to talk about it. Um, first and foremost, you everyone says this, but no one's ever done it. You have to, two things. You have to pay teachers better, number one. And you have to incentivize teaching. You have to have a reason to be better. But it's such a hard question. How do you incentivize teaching? You can't do it based on test scores because right. you can manipulate tests. You can't do it based on evaluation because who's giving all that power to a principal that's going to review you that I've, I've never met a principal that was more talented at teaching than me. You know, like it's, it's impossible to do, but you have to pay them more. Why? Why would you leave? Why would you go into education if you're a really brilliant person? You know, there's, there's no reason where it's like, okay, I can go into teaching, I can go get a four-year degree and a certificate, and then I can go make $37,000 a year, or I can start my own business, or I can go be a doctor, or I can go be a lawyer, I can be these things where I know I'm going to make more money. If you want people to be good at their job, you have to give them a reason to go there. What they've been doing is preying on good intentions for a long time. Here's a crazy thing that, that should blow people's minds. We have an evaluation at the end of the year every year. And one of the categories of the evaluation is what you do outside of school, like how much extracurricular activities you have as a teacher. There's nothing in your contract that says you have to do anything. You're hired to be a teacher, but you get evaluated on if you volunteer at sports games, if you run a club, you do these things. How is that a part of your evaluation? That's crazy. You're not paid for it, but you're evaluated for it. And show me a business that the business is like, what? Tell us what you've done for the company outside business hours. <laughs> like, did you pay me for it? No. Okay. Yeah. You can kick rocks, right? Like it's, it's not, it, it's such a backwards concept because they've preyed on good intentions. Why do people go, what's, what's the, what is the catchphrase of teaching? Well, they didn't go into it for the money. They didn't, they did it because they love it and they know that. And so they, they were like, Hey, can you do this? Or can you do this? And it's like, they know that you're a good person. They know that you're kind and caring. So they, they're just going to squeeze into that. And that shouldn't be the case. You should be yeah. fairly compensated. You know, it's, that's where it's got to change. And then from there, just like anything else, we got to get the politics out of it. We got to get silly, silly systems out of it. That's going to be the main thing. But if you want good teachers, you have to pay them. So do you Period. have ideas of like how to incentivize? No, that's one that if anybody can come up with, they're going to be very rich, right? How do you determine fairly what is a good teacher? It's, it's like one of those things that's extremely hard to measure, you know, like we all, we all can name good teachers, right? We can name great teachers because of how you felt with them, what your friends have said, what parents have respect for them. But like in a formal situation, how do you, how do you measure that? You know, it's, it's really tough. It's not fair to compare my test scores at East middle school to Kersley middle school. You know, it's not fair to compare that to Birmingham middle school. Every situation is different. And so, yeah, especially with the kids. Right. And that's, yeah, yeah, that's the, the entire thing. And, and that, and here, here's here. Okay. Here's, here's number one, where you start. This is the craziest system in the world. Who, whoever came up with this, it's, it's criminal. Our school system money is based on your property tax. So Grand Blank gets about $7,000 per pupil a year per student because of how much our, our house value is. Flint gets about half of that. 
uh, Birmingham gets twice as much. Birmingham Sea Home and Groves get about $14,000 per student every year. Holy shit. Why is education based on how much money is in your community? Right. Like, if there's anything that should be a baseline across our country, it should be schools. Yeah. Like, you literally get a worse school, a worse education because you live in a poorer area. That's crazy. Like, yeah, who, who was like, well, obviously it was rich white dudes that were like, let's do this. Yeah. But, like, how did that get passed through? Like, yeah. Think about that. And it's still in place. It's still in place. I have a lot of conservative views on things, but that's one thing where it's like schooling is like so like inner city yeah. kids are just have it literally the worst. Oh yeah. And it's because you're not going to go teach there. You're not. I mean, it's it's they yeah. don't get money to, to for books and equipment and, and everything. Yeah, it's crazy. And conservative people act like. Well, they have this. It's equal. He's, right. Well, just study. Yeah. Just study. Like their I, teachers are worse. Their yes. everything is worse. 100%. Well, I saw I saw Jeffrey get out of there. It's like yeah. you can't give me one exam. It's <laughs> yeah. like saying you're not racist and you got right. one black friend. Like yeah. that's not that's not true. So yeah, no, that's yeah. that is one where it's like that is crazy. Yeah. Crazy. It is completely different. Like going from Kersley to Grand Blank. There's so many more different opportunities, especially at the high school level. Huge. Just noticing from the middle school level, like the opportunities I had at Kersley compared yeah. to when I moved to GB with the Chromebooks, yep. everything they give the students, and not only the extracurricular yeah. activities, like just stuff the we classes. never had. And then when you get into high school, like, I mean, there's so many different, and it's the same thing where my sister goes to school out in Lake Orion. There's classes that I've never even heard of. It's like, yeah, why, it's, why aren't other people offered this? Yeah, and, and I am sour with the, the admin of the school I left. It, it's well known. They know it. They've had full meetings about it and like literally have seen pictures of they've had board <laughs> full meetings and they have me and my wife's picture on the projector <laughs> like talking about us. They even said that we were relentless because we criticize many things that they're doing. But my kids are still in the school district. Uh, someone approached me this weekend and said, hey, we're going to move from this school because they don't value the swim program. What are your thoughts on GB? And, and that's my exact thoughts. You have more class options than any school you can imagine. You have more clubs, more sports, more the clubs, more everything. Oh yeah, I mean, they have every club you can imagine. And there's value in being around a diverse population. If you go to Grand Blank, you are going to meet every single type of human <clears throat> in this planet. And you're going to meet them before you're 18. So when you go to college, you go to Michigan State, it's normal. You're like, what up, everybody? But you come from a school that has 30 kids and it's all the, the same ethnicity kids. You go to college, you're like, what is that? Who are they? What do they believe? And you have no concept. Grand Blank, you're getting that that cultural experience all the way through, even though that there's yeah some, some crabby stuff on, on the other side. And it's, yeah, I mean, you look at the sports facilities, you look at the Chromebooks, and it's like, how how is that based on how much money – the parents make in the in the area like that's crazy so that would be for me step one is we need to have base base educational money going in number one and then hopefully that will promote having more money for for teachers and, and trickling down from there because you do need and that's the other thing too is i haven't been happy with the admin but my kids are in elementary we adore their teachers like they have the same my son uh, maddox is in second grade Jax has his same preschool teacher, had his same kindergarten teacher, and we know them personally, and they're great teachers, like great, great teachers. And so the 
the teachers really matter. Like it really can make a difference on, on a kid's path. So it, 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 man. So yeah, getting, getting a way to keep good teachers, to bring in good teachers is going to be big. And, and everything is cyclical, especially when you look back on history. I think we're about to hit a really bad point uh, with teaching, which is unfortunate, but I think that'll be the start of it coming back around. We need to have subs. We need to, we need to pay teachers. Um, teachers, man, you, you get, you get pressured to not take sick days, right? You'll be, you'll be sick as can be. I had conferences last year. I couldn't speak. I went to school because I felt pressured. I couldn't speak. My principal walks by and I'm like, Hey, just a heads up. And I couldn't speak. My voice was just gone. Like as a heads up, I might not make it tonight as you can hear. And they said, okay, just let me know. Not like a normal boss should be like, dude, you sound like shit. Go home. Like, what are you doing here? You're going to get everybody sick. They're like, all right, let us know if you don't come and like pressure it. So yeah, there's a lot that needs to change. Yeah. Um, do you have any thoughts on like how to, uh, change the, the way that schools are paid? Cause obviously, you know, it makes sense mm-hmm. how they're getting the money right. per student because they're getting it from the taxes of the area, yeah. which are more, but like, do you have any thoughts on how Yeah, to, like, it's just got to be a fund. That? I mean, we if you take a look at how much we spend on like the military or how much we spend on these other things, like just can we just save one stealth bomber and, and put that <laughs> money into education now? Like can we just maybe one care package from another country and put that into the into the US education, you know? Like what's this you crazy stuff? All school, yeah. schools should kinda, be like equal. I do. Yeah. I yeah. do. I really really do. I don't see why going just one exit, you know, Flint is one exit from Grand Blanc. Literally the next exit is Flint Township. Like going one exit down, you should have worse technology, worse school building, worse pay uh, for the teachers, that stuff. Like that's crazy. That's, that's crazy to me. So I think it just needs to be, we have so many other government situations where it's just, it's all the same, right? You don't have better high, you don't have better I-75 in Grand Blank than you do in Detroit. You know, it's not right. made by your property taxes. So why can't we treat schools like that? Yeah. I think they should involve trades more like a younger yeah. age. I feel like they just, because some kids don't even really like school, you know what I right. mean? And they just eventually, like our friend Malachi, like they just take yeah. the welding path or whatever, mm-hmm. path, whatever they're really into, you know what I mean? I think from a young age, like, because we have, gym and art and music and everything i think they should take a day where they start to learn a trade so at a young age they're already learning something that they're going to take on as a career path for sure future. yeah make money your first day out and not have student loans yeah. and stuff yeah for sure man there's there's a lot of heating and cooling welders electricians Culinary, country yeah nursing man that just make really good agriculture. money agriculture mm-hmm. i wasn't even introduced to trades till Literally till high my school. senior year yeah. when I was about to graduate. They're like, oh, we're having a trade day. You get to learn about the trades. You don't get like, to join well, GCI till sophomore year at Goodrich. It's yeah, like, I wish I would have, I wish I would have been learning cooking like when I was in sixth grade. You yeah. know what I mean? Or anything automotive. Yeah. Like I wish I knew how to, if I, when my tire goes flat, I wish I already knew how to do that by the time I was in like fifth grade. Like these are, these are well, skills that people need to learn. Well, then you got to think about this capitalism do they are are they going to teach you how to do all this stuff so you're a more competent human being which is going to take away millions and millions of dollars from all these other industries that right. make money off of yeah, you being they stupid never would. yeah so it's like dude ca- capitalism's great a lot of ways but in a lot of ways it's completely terrible. conflict conflicts so many other areas of life for sure yeah um, it's it's all there's a yeah a lot of mess and who knows where to start 
unraveling it, you know, and untangling it. So, and it's every school. I mean, like Goodrich, they've had seven superintendents in the last like 12 years. Like it it has just been cycled through. Uh, There's a teacher literally last night I was talking to that got suspended for three days because of a sick day he used. And really? yeah, and a picture had showed up. Um, a friend had posted a picture where they were at uh, some event or something. And the guy was like, who are you to determine what is like, say he said, I was mentally sick, like mentally sick. And I needed for my health, I needed to, to take a day off and then got suspended for three days because of one day off. And that was a good rich high school teacher. And it's like, yeah, there, there's so much there. That's just so, so crazy. So crazy. So hopefully, Man, hopefully it comes around. My kind of thought, like tracing back to earlier, I'm like, my kids are going to be good no matter what. Like we're we're set. I, I don't care what happens with schools. We're going to be good. But there's so many that don't have that that baseline. You know, yeah. that need schools, that need good teachers. And so hopefully we we bring it back around. And I I think it will. I think it's it's going to have to. Um, I think. I think it hopefully opened up the eyes in, in many ways. COVID was horrible for teaching, but in many ways it was great too, right? You had a lot of parents when they had to have their kid at home. They're like, this is how my kid is with school. Right. This is what my kid is like doing homework and stuff. And so they, a lot of more respect for the most part kind of came back to teachers. Like, thank you for what you do. Oh my gosh. Like, I don't know how you do it. I couldn't teach these kids and I can't even handle my own, you know? And so hopefully that was like, opening the window to be like, we need to invest in them more. And I'm, and I'm not even teaching and I'm like, pay them more, take my money to pay them more, you know? So yeah, I, I, I hope it comes back around. Yeah. Yeah. So do I, I mean, I, I think throughout my whole like schooling experience, I had maybe, maybe three, three's generous, like teachers that actually cared about what they were doing. Yeah. Which is like sad to say. I mean, I'm like I'm cool with most of them, right? But being cool with the teachers not the same as like actually learning things. Yeah, I've being had inspired. teachers that are literally like, I love them as people, but they didn't really learn anything from their class. For sure. Yeah, and part of that is you catch them later in their career, and they've been beat down by all this crap, and they're right. just like, I realize the more you do, oftentimes you get your hand slapped. There's no reason to to do more, right? Yeah. Right. There's and we'll say any names, but there's uh, a great teacher at our my old building who great guy, everybody loved, but essentially went to worksheets and movies for his entire teaching career because parents don't complain about that. The office doesn't complain about that, you know, but when you try to push kids, you try to give them projects, you try to have real discussions that can, that's harder work, but often times can have, have issues that, that come up, you know, like if you do want to talk about, and that's the crazy thing with like politics and stuff, it's like you do want to talk about a situation that's going on. Everyone's going to try and make it controversial. Everyone's going to try and do this stuff. So what's your way around that? Okay. Let me show a, a U.S. history documentary and let me give them a worksheet. And then that's, there's no problem for the teacher. And so a lot of that's, they've just been beat down and they're like, "Ah, man, it's not worth it for my personal life to try and try anymore. And so it's, yeah, it's sad. It's super sad. And and yeah, the ones that like really care, that really make a difference. It's it's sad that it's rare. It it definitely is is so rare. There's so many teachers where I'm a very like hands-on learner. Mm -hmm. Like I need you to, that's why I loved your classroom because there's so many projects. You know what I mean? We had games where we were learning at the same time where I'm a hands-on learner. Like that's why I loved wrestling. I need it to be shown in front of me and then actually do yep. it. Otherwise, I'm not going to learn it. That's why I always had a problem with math. Yep. Because mo- they'll just sit there and tell you what to do. Like you're supposed to understand it. Right. Like I can't. I can't do. It. I need you to sit down in front of me and show me. And like growing up, a lot of I had this one social studies teacher in sixth grade. 
she never she never said a damn word. She just give you a packet and you had to read the book. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't. I'm not. I'm in sixth grade. I'm like ten years old, sitting next to Hunter Rowan, one of my best <laughs> friends. Like I'm not gonna. I, I couldn't do it. Right. Know? I'm never gonna learn. Like I need you to actually teach me. Mm-hmm. And there's so many. There's just no teachers that really try to make an impact. Yeah, and it's sad because then you're bored. So what do you do? Then yeah, you mess with your buddy next to you, and now not only are you not learning, not doing the work, now you're in trouble. And it's like, and you're failing. Yeah. Right. And, and you're failing. And so and it's, then they it's get all mad against at you. you. And it's like, you're yeah. not teaching me. I don't know. I don't learn this way. Yeah. And also that, when, when in your life are you ever in a situation where you can't turn to the person next to you and say, right. can I have some help? Right. What do I do? Yeah. That is like it. They want you to be independent. Or I'm yeah. not going to say they like there's some agenda, but like, like, uh, you're just like always told to like, no, do it yourself. You, you know, you don't you can't Which isn't cheat terrible, like cheating obviously like, is different but like dude every, you should be able to collaborate on basically mm-hmm. everything just like you can in the real it's just world. like the same thing with raising your hand i never wanted to ask the teacher for help yeah i would ask my friends before you know what i mean right. i just don't i'm not that kind of person mm-hmm. and it's just it's crazy yeah sometimes you you're like you can't even talk to the people next to you yeah. because they'll just get on your ass about it and you're yeah. like well how am I supposed to do this? Yeah. Thing? Yeah. It, it is tough. And, and especially with like school, like I said, I wasn't a great student. I, I didn't super tried and super pay attention, which I think benefited me in teaching because I didn't learn the same stuff. I just right. came in and I always thought through the lens of, of students like you that were like, I need them to be engaged for first and foremost. So they're not messing around in my room. If, if a student is, is interested in what we're doing, I know they're going to behave. So I'm like, my first lens was always engagement. What, Will the students think this is boring or are they going to think this is fun? Are they going to think this is funny? Are they going to think it's interesting? So I always thought from that lens first. And I don't think a lot of teachers do that, especially like math, right? They're like, oh man, we we have a curriculum guide. We have to get through fractions by this week. How do we do that? Well, I'm going to put up a a little projector and I'm going to write through it. You guys copy and we go through. And why? Because that's quick. That's fast. It takes a lot more effort to get out blocks and stack them and move them or draw stuff, you know? And so like for me, I didn't have have that like traditional teaching of being a teacher. So I just did my thing. I'm like, what, what do I do? Same thing. I remembered associating things. So for me, we'd always do review games, tons and tons of review games. Cause I could associate learning something with doing something and it'd be like, Oh yeah. Who was this emperor? Be like, Oh, I remember when I took that shot and Oh yeah, it was emperor <laughs> Nero. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got that. Yeah. And, and you go through or like discussions. We were huge on discussions in class. We would have debates. We would, yeah. we would, literally have a topic and everybody could speak. I mean, it, no matter what it was, if you had the most ridiculous answer, you could talk, but you remember those things. Like even your class, I remember things. We won't say anybody's name, but like one day and I would ask questions and I called on this student specifically and it was a question and I said, ah, oh, man, let me see if I can get it exactly here. It was, um, what, uh, what athlete, made like crazy money off of patenting something that could like help out your performance. And I called on a student very purposely who had these things on and they were on their feet. And I'm like, Hey, so-and-so I was like, do you know the answer to this one? And they're like, no. And I'm like, yes, you do. And I was like, it can help you in a sport. And, uh, and they're like looking at me and I'm like, this person this athlete like branded it and like has their, you know, and they're like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Gravity. Gravity. <laughs> I was like, Whoa. 
We were so dead. Bro. I was like, wait, this athlete, this athlete patented gravity. <laughs> they put their logo on gravity, <laughs> and we're dying. Like we're dying. But like, I'll remember that for the rest of my life because that was part of the discussion. That was part of the fun. And we, we me and AJ could give you. And this is from one class of my six classes every year for twelve years. And this is what five years ago or whatever it is. And I still remember more than that, six or seven years ago. I still will remember gravity forever. You know. So it's like those things are how I remember. Yeah, I don't. I couldn't tell you a math worksheet that I ever had. You know. Same. But I can. I can tell you what most of you guys did for um, the ancient or for the inventions project and stuff like that. You know, like these things are memorable, but normal tradi- traditional teaching doesn't fit into that, you know, yeah. cause it's about just pumping it out. And, and yeah, I mean, we could get into the whole idea of like, was this made from the factory mindset to yeah. build factory workers, right. you know, rather than, um, innovation. And it's sad cause the U S we were made on innovation, right? What is right. it? And everyone's like, we need to compete with China. It's like, no, we need to build us. Like yeah. we are where we are is inventions and, yeah. and, and, coming up with new ways like we you don't have to be the best math and science person to be successful you know you don't have to to know those things to to do something really well so yeah i i always looked at teaching through through that angle and then at the same time the students that are like oh i need to write this stuff down they have all those opportunities they'll they'll be fine they'll do great and and a lot of times they'll they'll turn out to like all those other things you know so yeah it's it's the memorable stuff that that sticks with you Gravity is one of my favorites ever, though. That was. Yeah, I remember you're like, that's number one. That was like, that's <laughs> that's the best. You're telling me Michael Jordan, and they were Jordans, obviously. <laughs> he was wearing Jordans, yeah. and the question was about Jordans. <laughs> and he's, he patented and has made millions off gravity. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, it's called Air Jordans, but that, yeah, that was a good one. That I was think, a good one. I think it's also a little to do with, like, just the systems that we yeah. get into, because like not only incentivizing teachers to do better it's like systems like this girl from cuba is like dude i literally learned how to do everything i take in this advanced college math class i learned it in sixth grade oh wow and it's like well cuba is like way more poor and terrible like they don't even have food in stores their cars are from the 60s right yeah but now they apparently teach better I, i just i don't understand but do you think there is some sort of kind of agenda? If you don't want to talk about it, it's fine. I don't know. I, I don't think that there's like this big like collusion to to get people going a certain way. I think people just get stuck in in systems, stuck in paths. Whatever they believe in. Yeah, and they just it's they get in over their head. Like so for example, you become a principal, you have all the best intentions in the world. You're like, I'm gonna help these struggling kids, I'm gonna make a difference. But then you realize you gotta do this, you gotta do this, you gotta do this, then it's like just become survival mode. How can you get a driver's license at 16 and you never have to test again for the rest yeah. of your life? That's crazy. That's ridiculous. Your eyes <laughs> literally degenerate and get worse as you get older. Your reflexes, all aspects of driving gets worse. But why has that never been addressed? Because old people vote, right? Imagine being a politician and saying, hey, I'm putting in a 75 uh, driver's test. I think we should have everyone go in and get evaluated for a driver's test at 75 years old. You're never going to get into position because old people vote. It's the same thing here. If you come on a platform and you're like, man, I am going to revolutionize education. I am going to spread out the money. I'm going to change the system. Nobody's going to vote for that. 
you know? And so it would take someone that would come in and, and get elected and say, I don't care what any of you guys think. I'm out of here in four and I'm changing all this stuff, you know, and then hope somebody doesn't redo it. So I don't think it's a huge, like big conspiracy. I think it's just, it's just become the thing. It's just become the way it's done. Capitalism just kind of pushed it in a way. Yeah, yeah, and and, and definitely was guided by by Rockefeller and the the uh, the industrial age, age and and pushing people to a certain way, certain type of job, right? Um, having having people that are reliable and like this rather than thinkers and stuff. Because some teachers, what's a, a teacher's a lot of teachers' worst fears is a kid asking a question, challenging the teacher in a great way. You know, sure. like, hey, Mister So and So, why are me. we? Yeah, why are we actually doing this? Uh Shut up and do your work. You know, sit down. And then for me, I would literally be like, "That's a great question. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, you know." So it's yeah. they don't exactly want people pushing it. You know, you don't want people doing those things. Like in, in tests. Like, here's another one. If you want to get rich, how do you differentiate kids applying to college? Right. The SAT is not a great indicator of success in college. It's just not. Right. It's I did very well, and then I failed all six of my first classes. You know, it's not a great indicator, a uh, great indicator of people who are driven, who are consistent, who find a, a, a path that they're passionate about, right? If you find something in college that you really enjoy, you're going to do well, but how do you differentiate between that? When you get hundreds of thousands of people applying to Mich- Michigan state, U of M, you need to have something that sorts them. And right now it's the SAT it used to be the ACT, right? You can't interview 200,000 people. You can't take GPA because the Kersley GPA is not the same as Grand Blank. It's not the same as Birmingham. And you can't take any of these other tests. How do you differentiate who should get into that school and not? Right. I don't know the answer, but I know it's not the best system. Yeah. You know, trying to figure that out. If there's some possible way, it's like you're going to be very rich, <laughs> like very rich. Yeah. Like how easy was it at Whitehall? Like I went, yeah. to, I, we, I went to Montrose. We played Whitehall and stuff. And sports, oh, yeah. So no like way. Really small. Like yep. It was literally like i think i had like a 3.85 yeah like it was i can't even explain yeah you only have a pocket of classes to take you know i didn't even try my senior year i literally had three gym classes yeah and like that made my gpa better but oh yeah i know my first advanced (laughs) class my mom like went to our neighbors was like Oh my gosh, Dan has advanced class, advanced sports skills. Like literally was the name <laughs> of the class. Sports skills. Yeah, that's still a class at the high school. And it was a big deal. And like oftentimes in high school, kids have to take one one gym class, you know, and they got to get it out of the way. I was like every semester, I'm, I'm taking weightlifting. I'm taking football, basketball. I was taking everything. I tried to get into like stretching class, you know, like, and they were like, no, it's girls <laughs> yeah. only. And I'm like, what happened to equality? Come yeah. on now. And uh, it sounded even better then. But yeah. it, uh, so <laughs> the uh, same way. Yeah, it was just yeah as simple as can get. So you can't compare those. Things. And then also the same thing, right? You go to Montrose. And you go to Grand Blank High School or these other bigger schools, and you have just such different experiences. And just like, how do you decide what you could Completely be in college? Different. Like now yeah. that the menu's open to you and you have more opportunities, how will they know that you step up to the to the plate or not? Yeah, you know. So yeah, it's it's difficult. Education is, man, it's a beast of a thing to figure out right now. Have you ever heard of the? Uh, when I went to Kersley, I was in this class called cats it was Kersley academically talented students okay and we did fps which was future problem solving okay and we would go to michigan state and there would be a bunch of different schools we'd all they'd give you they'd give you a future problem and you'd have to come up with like 10 different ideas and 
all these different inventions on how to fix that problem in the future. Actually, one of my ideas Elon Musk is totally using right now is this <laughs> underground railroad. So I'm pretty sure snag that for me, but I don't really know. That was Harry Tubman's idea first. But, <laughs> but um, did GB ever have a class like that? I don't think so. Nothing that comes to mind. That's weird. Yeah, no, it's that's such cool. a big school. It was a really cool class that I had. Yeah. And just going to competitions for that. I remember these girls went to the national tournament too and took like third place. Huh. It was crazy. That's but cool. I always I remember when I first went to GB, I always wanted to get back into a program like that. But still. Yeah. No, it's interesting. I was just listening to a podcast today. Um it was uh Joe Rogan Save the Parks, where he gets these oh, comedians. I love that. Yeah, Mark Norman and Shane Gillis and Ari Shafir. And they were all on shrooms, like going crazy. <laughs> and then they were like, uh, I think it was Mark. He was like, What if what if we put the world problems into a video game and let kids solve them. <laughs> and I was like, that's brilliant. Cause they were like, they were like, they used to say kids don't play video games cause it's going to turn your brain into mashed potatoes. Right. And they're like, now we're realizing that any kind of game, whether you're playing chess or you're playing call of duty is stimulating your brain and you're going to get better brain functions. And they're like, who knows what warfare is going to be with drones in the future. We may need these kids. And that's where they led to. And it's like, there may be some like pose the problems in a way that kids want to interact with the problems, you know, right. pose it. And so, yeah, there's something to that. And they were like, Oh no, that's a crazy idea. But I'm like, it might be something to that. It's not a bad Especially idea. Especially with the imaginations kids. Yeah. Have, you know what I mean? It's completely For sure. different. For sure. And Grand Blake now does have uh, the Perry Innovation Center. So they have oh, yeah. an alternative elementary and middle school. And I think it's moving to high school soon where they, it is a different path. They do like almost all project-based learning. They don't have tests. They've solved these things and stuff. So oh, I hope more things are going that way where they will have those different opportunities to, to, to solve problems and learn in a different way. Yeah. So ho- yeah, hopefully it, it's going that way. And even like, yeah, like music production, like we have, we have middle school marching band. H- how many, kids go on and use that after college you know how many kids have a a marching trombone that they bust out at at 34 years old you guys know several adults that make beats for a living you know several adults that that do these things right like for example even our they would have etv you know is where they put on the tv and stuff they did one about me yeah like channel great that's awesome (laughs) like crazy equipment in there the equipment like if you go in the etv room is over a hundred thousand dollars from mm-hmm. all the different things. And it's like I could run that class, you guys could run that class, and we could do it for under ten thousand dollars and make it like equipment that these kids could learn and then use one day. Yeah. You know, like ETV should be using these audio interfaces. They should be using Canon M fifties. They should be using these things that are applicable in their life, you know? Uh, and and I think that's a, a much better route than these, like, it, it was almost like they're setting it up like a studio, like a news studio. And, yeah. but why can't there be a class on, on making, um, electronic beats and stuff like that, yeah. that kids like, imagine how cool that, and, and to be their credit, there are classes now on coding and stuff like yeah. that, which is cool because that's going to be a real thing, but we should be thinking about these things beyond not just like getting you to college, but what is the stuff that could be used? Right. Where know? things are going. Yeah. Like new, like the, the, dude, news is not going to be a thing in 10 years. Correct. Yeah. Once we're adults, who the fuck is going to watch the Nobody. news? No, no one. Who has cable? They go to a, no a creator to get the news. Yes. Literally. Which is like, that's where things are going is YouTube. Yes. Uh, and we and, see it in the numbers, right? right? You've probably seen the graphic of Joe Rogan's views compared yeah. to all the news station views yeah. and stuff. It's not even comparable. Yeah. And that's, that's where you get your information. 
Uh, and same thing with like what I was talking about. Like this girl is literally going into a job yeah. in like six months, doesn't even know where like the entire field is going. Yeah. Like the most revolutionary new mm-hmm. thing that's going to completely take over the, the whole supply chain field within five years. Right. She has no idea. Didn't even, didn't even hear of it once, yeah. which is like, Oh my God. And we see this stuff, <laughs> right? Crazy. When, when oh the internet, God. yeah, when the internet came around, they're like, I don't want this email thing. Like that's crazy. Right now you have to, right. Yeah. Or cell phones. Oh my gosh, that's no way. I'm not doing, you have to. So these yeah. things are coming. We see them coming and it is, yeah. Whether it's cryptocurrency or NFTs and the stuff that it's the same concepts, right? NFTs is a good example. Yeah. And people, you have older people to be like, why would I ever buy an image on a computer? Well, it's the same kind of people that were like, why would I ever buy? a sports card on cardboard like Literally. this is crazy and now there's what mil- what logan paul's a 3.5 million dollar charizard yeah. you know like these the same conversations have happened with innovation every step of the way and it's like yeah at some point we got to look at instead of fighting it being like well could this be the next thing and let's embrace it right. you know what if they had a class where they built nfts in high school like how right. cool would that be right you know or, or learning the blockchain and learning how how centralized currency and all this stuff like the differences that would be crazy. I, I love like the the big NFT awareness that kind of happened the past couple of years. Yeah, from like art NFTs. Yeah, but people just it gave Apes the really stuff. wrong impression of what NFT technology Correct. like can be and what it will be. It's not going to be art. Like yeah. it's going to be like IDs it's, and like tickets. It's to social events. clout. Too, Every you know? yeah. single thing is going to be on the blockchain in 10 years it's right. just better it's just a better system mm-hmm. uh and nfts are going to be a insanely big part of that especially once cash um, goes away everything will be done on the blockchain central bank digital currencies i don't know if you know about that oh, yeah. but holy shit that's why you got to get out of america central bank digital currencies are going to fucking ruin literally everything uh yeah and, and but, nfts have have been around like people don't they think it's like a new concept but like on youtube what's the most valuable thing on youtube the blue check Right, that's an NFT. That's that's not something yeah. tangible. It's not something you hold, but you see it. Like if you guys are going through your comments and you see somebody show up with the blue check and their name grade, you're like, who is this? You know, like yeah. <laughs> immediately your perception of them changes, and you have no idea who they are. You know, that stuff is so valuable, so valuable. Right? Andy on Instagram shows up as verified, and it's like, oh shit, like that's real. You know, and so yeah, it's it's. It's changing for sure, but it's been here. You know, it's just like you just gotta see it in a different angle. Did we have the pod on when we were talking about him? Shout out Andy. I don't know. If Shout out Andy Hartman. That yeah, that's my man. One of my first friends when we moved to Grand Blank took me under his wing, and I that's didn't awesome. like anybody there. They were so, so fake. So many fake kids, two faced. I loved this man. My favorite class to go to. Was that your first year? Was eighth grade? It was my only year. At wow. Yeah. Okay. I switched to Goodrich after. I could just couldn't deal with the kids. They just they talked too much online. Yeah, and were never about it in person. Right. and it was just <laughs> stupid. Yeah, I'm not gonna say any names because they don't deserve the publicity. But <laughs> you know who you are, and that shit is embarrassing, bro. Do not talk shit on the internet, okay. and do not be about <laughs> okay. that. I'm and that bad. and that's never gonna change though. Like that's another never. thing with with doing this too. Like 
I have entire Instagram accounts that are made to like troll me. Like they had a story. That, and, really? And, yeah. And, and like entire YouTube channels and stuff. Like it's, it's constant. And, and my approach is I like out of sight, out of mind. I don't like that taking up my, my mental space. You know, um, the other day somebody messaged and, and my approach with everybody is like, I'll say it on live stream. I'm like, Hey guys, if you see somebody hating on me, please do me a favor block and move on like just don't tell me about it don't bring it up and somebody messaged me any of the internet beef yeah i i block and move on block and move on block and move on i I really don't care like other people's opinion of me doesn't matter and a lot of people say that stuff but like people that get to know me really understand like i don't care like your like a huge quote that like changed my life was i cared about people's opinions until i tried to pay my bills with them you know it's (laughs) like you can say that i'm dirty you can say that i'm this and that but it's not getting that grocery bill to my kids, you know, right. it's not, it's not doing these things. And so like literally yesterday, a guy messaged me. He was like, Hey man, this troll account had a story calling you gay and like put up some like edited image. I was like, thanks man. Appreciate it. I'm like, there's zero like concerns there with like the internet calling me gay. Like, there, <laughs> like there's, that's never been like a, it's not like I have some insecure. I'm like, Oh man, I hope that they don't think that I like yeah. dudes or something, you know, like, like, like that's fine. I'm okay there, you know? And so these are, these are men way older than me, fake accounts. And like, and then even people that are a little more insecure, they'll try to get into them. They'll try to like IP tag them and get like all this stuff and they're going to out them and all this stuff. And I'm like, just let them talk. Like it's worst case scenario. Somebody's not going to know about me. They're going to see that they're at least going to look at my channel out of curiosity and be like, he's not that at all. This dude's actually smart and pretty cool and stuff. So like for me, and I wanted to bring that up earlier too, like the bigger you get, the more it comes. There's literally Instagram accounts made to troll me and like to have grown ass men making videos and posts and edited pictures about me and stuff. And I have a channel about beards like like i'm not even doing anything crazy or like entertain like it's beards and these these dudes just because you can start to get good at it get acknowledgement people really do have again it's all the corny stuff people say but it's true they really do have insecurities they really do have jealousy and they don't know how to process it and they don't have people in their life and so they're like man i'm gonna resort to the internet and and, and lashing out and talking about people and the same exact thing if they ran into me in person they i promise you with everything on my life they'd be like oh dan oh my god i can't believe i see you man oh wow it's great and it's like i know what you posted man and stuff so yeah same thing that doesn't go away that that, that'll be there forever forever and youtube has one of the most brilliant features on all platforms is a lot of platforms you can like if you block someone on instagram they know you blocked them right because they can't find you yeah youtube if somebody comments and let's say they have a string of comments right for me i there's a difference of like negativity and constructive criticism if someone's like hey dan i don't think you should do this because this and it's like oh hey i'll consume that i appreciate it feels like it come from real source or like hey dan your beard sucks uh you're a tranny or something like that (laughs) like like all right like Thanks, man. Like, there's no place for that. There's no value in that. So YouTube has a feature that is hide user from channel. So what happens is they still watch all your videos. They still comment like blissfully crazy, but it just never shows up for you or anybody else. So they think they're leaving a comment. They think that they're like, I got him. I I called him that tranny again. He's going to like... But I never see it. Nobody else ever sees it. But they're still giving me views. They're still giving me interactions. The haters are still fans. Yeah, right. They're the biggest. And so, yeah. right, for for a long... So YouTube changed this um, probably about the time you guys got in where they used to track uh, thumbs down. 
So it used to be yeah. you'd see like, hey, I'd have a thousand likes and I'd have two hundred dislike, nothing like that, but like three dislikes, you know. And the video would play always, every video immediately from that subscribe, like it would go out to subscribers would be thumbs down or two, like immediately. And it was like, you hate somebody so much that you subscribe to them that you were the first person to watch their video that you just have to get that thumbs down in. Like, (laughs) could you imagine thinking about somebody so much that you disliked? Like, that's a crazy approach to life. You know, like if I have people I dislike and there's lots, like there was, I mean, and I, I had said this probably when you guys were there, there's lots of teachers I taught with that couldn't stand. They were fake. They were terrible teachers. I didn't like, I, I only liked like one or two teachers in the building and the other ones I couldn't stand. Now that I'm out of the building, I don't think about them. I don't see them. I don't care. I don't ever want to interact with them again. You know, it's like I'm not going to the school holding up signs, being like, Mrs. So and so sucks. Like, like, you know, so it's it's a weird thought for me, but it, it's gonna be there. So that same kind of kid in eighth grade that would talk about you online, but then would change the tone, right? Didn't keep that same kind of energy in person, they're still gonna do that as 20-year-olds. They're still gonna do that as 30-year-olds. It's crazy. It's a mind-blowing mindset to me and it just has to be unhappiness it has to be crazy insecurities to to do that so yeah the the instagram accounts and stuff are wild like it's it's crazy and, and even starting and i'm sure you guys have experienced some of this and mine was probably worse because i started as a like 29 30 year old so i'm a grown man starting a youtube channel and in the beginning yeah i mean i had had originally zero subscribers you know right. so then yeah. people start finding out and they're like oh dude uh, you do YouTube, you got 50 subscribers, like, right. and they kind of look at you funny. Yeah. And then it, it's a weird, like, insecurity. So for them, they're like, I couldn't imagine putting myself out there and, yeah. and doing that. So they have to reflect that on you and be like, oh, yeah, you only got you only got 200 subscribers right. and stuff. And then you're like, but yeah, did you see the video I have 800 views on? You know, did you see right. this and stuff? And then for me, you'd see that at the beginning. Imagine going into teaching, right? With these judgmental uppity, all a kids that are now teachers and being like, you have a YouTube channel about beards. You have 50 subscribers. Like, Oh, cool. And then imagine last year on the last day, I wanted to pull an Antonio Brown and take my shirt off and run out. I swear to God, I told my wife that I want, I really, really wanted to, uh, but then I chose not to, um, but like professional yeah to be able to to peace out to these people that hate their job that once judged me and like looked down on me for starting a youtube channel and like dang this dude's leaving and doing his thing like that's the best that's the best response right i never respond to the haters i never respond to the troll and counts i just let the numbers speak you know and it's i love yeah. seeing whenever you post the comments though oh the hate ones like, yeah those yeah. are fun yeah i think it's hilarious yeah what you gotta say it's ridiculous yeah you gotta lean into those it's like and i got that idea from jimmy kimmel when you'd have the athletes read the mean tweets yeah and i was like that's so fun and so i just yeah I, i'll post on instagram the like read ridiculous ones and uh usually they're really dumb and so i counter them with like part sympathy where i like i try to welcome them embrace them but then part like sarcasm like intelligence that they may go over their heads but other people get and stuff and and so yeah those are fun i gotta do some more of those ones they're great because i I do i every every day by the time we leave here i'll have a new hateful comment on youtube (laughs) it's every single day and mine's very niche, right? You spend more time in the in the bathroom than my girlfriend and stuff. And I used to like respond with stuff like, no, I spent more time in the bathroom with your girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that. And and that didn't get like the response that I wanted necessarily, you know? And so and then I shifted to to like 
changing the the ways like it's just a weird like masculinity is a weird thing where guys yeah. are like yeah i'm more of a man than you because i don't brush my teeth <laughs> it's like all right dude like <laughs> rock gross. on man yeah yeah you're gross like live your own life right 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 and yeah even just the concept of like okay you i'll be a video of me like my biggest video is uh uh, 260,000 views or whatever. And me just literally doing my routine of my beard in the morning. Cause there's a lot of guys that you don't learn those things. You know, a guy doesn't grow up and their dad says, Hey, let me teach you how to do this. Right. And so I became that guy for a lot of them. And then somebody will watch. They're watching me get ready in the morning all the way through or however long they're watching. And then they take the time to leave a comment. That's something like negative. It's like, first off, how'd you find me? Right. Like I'm not like showing up on your for you page randomly. Like how'd you find me? And then why are you watching me? And then how'd you leave a comment? And so then, yeah, I started going down and, and having these like clever witty responses and they, they've just become really fun. Like they don't impact me whatsoever. It's just, yeah, you just kind of embrace them. And oftentimes I will say too, oftentimes they will come back like six months later and be like, Hey man, and I'll post these sometimes, um, obviously with never names and I'll, and they'll be like, Hey man, I want to apologize. I was in a bad spot with my life. I've actually come around to watching your videos and you've really helped and like your positivity is infectious and stuff. So sometimes people really are at a bad spot and that's why you go with like kind of the Gary V approach of like, Rather than saying I'm spending the time with your girlfriend, like something like, you know, like something that's like kind of kind, but a little bit sarcastic because you you can't be a push. It's kind of like teaching, like can't be a pushover, but you got to be, you got to be a little bit, a little bit firm and fun too. still stand the ground. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. Have you guys had any, any hate yet for what you do here? We just, we've had people like complaining a lot about just like the quality of videos. Gotcha in a not constructive criticism yeah. way and like a just you're just sad way yeah but yeah. you know that's and, what it is and i actually posted that i think it was yesterday or one of the, just within the last couple of days because i've had people reach out to me about their videos and the hardest thing you guys are already beyond is starting and is actually yeah. doing, and i really mean that and someone's like they have a really great idea they're actually from goodrich and they're like hey i want to start this this show and then they reached out to me the other day and they're like i i hate to say this but i can't I'm stuck, man. I can't go. And I was like, the hardest thing is going. And then my inspiration of what I posted was, please go watch my introduction video and then immediately watch my latest video. And like the difference is absurd, dude. It's crazy how different the the video, the audio, and then my presence, right? I was really reserved. I didn't talk this. It wasn't like myself. And then you have to learn how to do this. You know, you have to learn how to speak on camera. And so like that stuff, that's fine. That's going to come. And I had that stuff too at the beginning, like my mics, I didn't have mics like this and stuff. So it was like a big hiss in the background where it sounded like I was like talking into a tin can. And so people would comment those things. But at the time I didn't have money. Like we, and this is another thing too, like at the early days, I got down to a point where my bank account was at $300 and I'm talking savings. I'm talking checking. I had a son and it was like one car part, one, anything away from like, having to borrow money, having to do something to figure it out, you know? And so like, I was, I was down, down, down because we had, my wife wanted to leave her job and all this stuff. We're going to make it happen. And so at the beginning it was like, that's fine. Like you can give that feedback, but there's nothing I can do about it right right now. And I knew I would grow. I knew it would change and it did. So that's good. And just, but no, like it's going to happen. People are going to, they're going to troll on you. They're going to, they're going to make fun of you. They're going to do all that stuff. But they're not the ones doing it. You know, you're not going to have, you're not going to have a podcast that's bigger than you are saying those things. Yeah. Especially with our type of 
um so far it's been really good surprisingly but yeah. especially with our kind of audience that we're right. forming it's definitely gonna get probably worse than so your channel like for yours sure would be. um for but, sure you know i'm kind of mentally i feel like prepared for that yeah i feel like it, yeah nobody like i'm we're doing it so you know i don't really care about what you have to say i but, don't really care but, what uh, you say about yeah me. you got to hold that because that does discourage people and there are people that will like drive out of like mine's like a community that will like drive out of the community because of these things and like, and I think you guys are built for it too, because one thing that taught me was, was sports, right? Sports, you just, you talk shit. That's just yeah. what you do, you know? And so like, for me, I was like, I'm used to, I'm used to people not liking me. I'm okay yeah. with that. You know, I, I embrace that, that role. And then other people just aren't, you came from a nice job and you came from these things and stuff. So it's like, and even teaching like, and this is crazy too, but like most of the teachers in the building didn't like me, you know, because they kids would come from my class and go to their class and, and like speak highly about me or down on me. So I was used to being in a place where people I knew their hate was coming from insecurity. Their hate was coming from, from jealousy and stuff. So yeah, you just got to embrace ridiculous. it. Oh yeah, man. I so envious. Yeah. It, it, I didn't, I didn't hang out with, with many people and yeah, it was, yeah, it was not a fun, a fun workplace. The classroom was fun, but that was about it. Another thing I would tell people when just starting you did this by yourself. I mean, I guess you had your wife, but get a team mm-hmm. because it becomes so much easier to stay consistent with a team. If we didn't have Cam, we dude, I don't even know if we'd still be able to do this because he does so much. You guys don't see. He edits all the videos. We don't have. We I don't have time. time. I'm working all. Yeah, the young time. Jamie over here. Yeah, literally. <laughs> we're about to get. We're gonna get. When we have a setup, we'll have a, a, a screen. We'll say, "Can pull that shit up, please." Yeah. But we just got a photographer, uh, my friend. That's Reed. awesome. Yeah. So we're having a team helps you. You can hold each other accountable. If you have a team and you're set, you all look at each other and say, "We're gonna fucking do this until we make it." It has to. All three of you have to bitch out before the dream dies for sure yeah. so like it's way easier to stay consistent stay on top of your shit when you have uh, a team people of people that all, yeah. all believe in and if you have doing. those you find those people you do whatever it takes to keep them with you yeah. like too many people i see split over things like for me with steve he's getting like good income to the point where he's going to be able to leave teaching and it's like if i looked at it from a different angle uh we started the facebook group together the facebook group following was built off of what i do and built off of what i built and i do a ton within the group but i make no money off of it so if I, in my mind, I was like, hey, if I were to cut out Steve, could I do that Facebook group and take all that money? The answer is yes, I could. Yeah. But I'm going to do everything I can to make streams of income for him to come up because he is loyal. He is passionate. He is supportive. He is the team, you know? And so like finding those people, you keep those people because it's rare. It's absolutely rare. And some will come and go because they'll show the true colors and they'll they'll priorities change life changes and stuff but if you can find one that that grows with you and changes with you or multiple right if you have a team you do whatever you can to keep them it's so unbelievably important oh, it's crazy when we started i've seen how many people like my friends that like literally didn't like won't even drop a like on a video i'm like yeah. damn okay no, like yeah, you actually won't oh, even yeah. share it the won't, closest ones oh, won't share it won't watch haven't watched a single podcast i'm like yep. damn like, i respect my friends that actually like they talk, they'll, they'll come into my Discord server and be like, yeah. dude, your podcast was great. Yeah. Like, that was awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Jihad. Whenever yeah. I see Jihad, he's like, man, that last podcast was awesome. For sure. I, I love watching it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they support us. And then there's some people that 
They don't. I feel like some of our friends. Oh, just my even closest envious. friends, some of some don't even like, like low key hate. I'm like, damn. Yeah, well, you're They're not, not really, friends. No, they, my my were my friends. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I just seen like, like if you don't sub, like I support everything my people do. I'm yep. really big on like my circle and who I'm around and everything. And if you don't support me. I don't want you around yep. whatsoever. Oh, yeah. You're There's no time for that. Yep. Yeah. And that's my circle is crazy small. And I've you'll you'll see it, it'll change more and more the more you get into this stuff. Like my free time is working because I enjoy it, right? I have my family and I have working time. So like for me, my family goes to bed. I put them to bed, hang out with my wife. She goes to sleep early and then I go to work. And it's like other guys will go to the bar. They'll go do fantasy football. They'll do. I have zero interest in that stuff. I would rather. I enjoy working. So like Steve, I hang out with because we work together and we bond right. together. You know, and like that's that's huge. And I just I see the other people. I'm like, that's cool. I'm glad that makes you happy. I'm glad you guys do that. I just have no interest in that. So my circle got smaller, smaller. Like before I had the channel, we would go out um, and I would have a group of buddies and we'd go to a, a bar and we'd do pub trivia. So it'd be trivia competitions. You know cool fun with your friends and stuff but now i'm like i have just as much fun or more doing my stuff and i'm investing in my future and i'm making money rather than spending money rather than being around people that have the chance of a dui like all these things and it's like you start to like zone in me and steve have this conversation every day you start to zone in and that circle gets smaller and like the way that you view everything else just starts to change more and more a unique thing about my channel too is i respond to every single comment Every comment on every video I respond to. And so that helps build that personal investment. I enjoy responding to comments. It'll take me hours, but I, I like it and I get to know people and and stuff. So yeah, the, that circle for me has only gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. And oftentimes it is like the people closest to you are the least to support it, are the yeah. least to say, hey, I'm proud of you, are the least to like believe it. It's almost like people closest to you don't want to believe that this is real, like that this is happening. You know, yeah. they, they want to think it's a fad or they want to think it's going to go away. And, and then you just keep, you keep showing them and then those new relationships come up and, and start showing themselves. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's awesome. And, and yeah, I love, I've learned about a bunch of people from you guys and I've learned about your basketball career. I've learned, I mean, everything. So yeah, I've learned about what, what rappers can hoop. So I, I've watched, yeah. I've boom, watched, <laughs> I, yeah, I've watched every episode and, and, and there are people, you gotta keep that in mind. There are people that will watch and, and they're just kind of back. So like for my live streams, I'll have 300 plus people in there's maybe a hundred people talking, but there's 300 people actively watching, right. you know, right. and they just not, commenting and stuff so it's there and then yeah makes some, some of them are, are the people that are watching to to hate and watching to like gather info on you but they're still watching they're still helping you know so yeah but that circle that that will continue to to get tighter and more narrow the more you get into it the more yeah. you dig it because it's just like you just don't relate to people anymore yeah. like oh yeah. you're, you're going to your cubicle to go type on a calculator like all right man have fun you know exactly. like it's hard to relate exactly. to that it's so difficult to find people that are like on the same shit. Yep. The same so, level. Especially with my, like our age, I yeah. feel like is even more difficult. And that's why people move. Oftentimes yeah. you, you'll say things like, and they'll be like, I got to get out of here. Cause I got to go to somewhere where you surround yourself, you know? And so if you can find people in your area around your age and stuff, man, it's huge. And even like Steve, Steve's more than 10 years older than me, but we, we talk every day comes over and stuff. So, yeah, that's that team. When you bring that up, that's yeah. so important. And yeah. then figuring out what it is. So I tried, 
I tried uh, hiring out like editing and thumbnails and stuff, and it just didn't work for me. I just have a certain style that I have, and I have like I like the control over it. And that was another aspect with teaching. It was like I can still teach, and I can pay people to do this stuff, or I can do it myself and then build my team in other ways, you know, and, and bring people in elsewhere. So yeah, there's yeah. Every level you go, you guys are going to have decisions. You're going to have choices to make that are going to impact the future of it, which is exciting. And the biggest thing is just keep doing what's authentic to you. And then what you th- ultimately, you, you have an entertainment channel, you know, and you just want to make what people want to see. And, and if there's certain trends you guys have, go through. So, for, <clears throat> for example, the Wednesday night live stream is called Beard Advice Live. Uh, me and Steve sit in the studio together. Guys send in pictures. I make a show, and then we give them advice in real time. Like, hey, trim here, do this, you know, and it's really cool. Well, this, we've done the Wednesday streams for over three years now, but it's been three different versions of shows. It started off as Steve growing his beard, and then it was just us talking, like, about stuff, and then it finally landed on this and, like, finally, like, took off, and we were like, okay. And so like, it'll adjust, but we're always going with like, what do people want? What's helpful to people? And so that that's huge. So if you find like a little angle of what you're doing and you're like, Hey man, this seems like it's a spark, like lean into it, go, go into that. Awesome. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. great advice. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great place to um, end it off on cams. Yeah, this was a phenomenal probably about to overheat. Uh, (laughs) This is definitely gonna be the longest pod we've done. I wish we could go longer. We definitely want to have you on again. Yeah, man. That was awesome. Mile down the road. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this has been uh, one of my favorite episodes for sure. So appreciate um, it. Yeah, I would love, we'll do another one and go into like the science of YouTube, you know, like breakdown. You should talk about beards. For sure, man, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we have a bunch of people that watch us that have beards. Yeah. Cameron used to have a beard. He <laughs> <laughs> made a little goatee. <laughs> yeah, a punch for awesome. podcast. Uh, peace out, guys. All right. Thanks, guys. Listen here, young dog. Let me learn you something. Don't be around me trying to knuckle up. You got to burn you something. But I ain't just giving paper away. You got to earn.